<laughs> Both of our pale ass legs. <laughs> I gotta keep mine in the shadows. I'm gonna get the fucking Maker's Mark facing that way. No, they're not paying us. That's true, dude. We're not making enough from Maker's Mark to get sponsorships, dude. Mark, turn all of them around. Except, I'll, I'll let Natty Bo get some shine. Yeah, let Natty Bo Fuck get Deer some Park, though. Deer Park, fuck Deer Park. Camel Crushes, do they deserve it? Oh, yeah, of course. They got on local news. Yeah, they deserve it to be on true. the podcast. That is true. Yeah, yeah, snag some of that. I got a, I got a residual pack over here. Auxiliary pack. I'm a travel. Apparently, you get 25 cents off this pack. And I don't remember getting that. <laughs> Do they have coupons built into the packaging now? I guess, dude. I don't know. Anything That's kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, I did I save 25 cents. Uh, Alright, let's do it. I don't know. I'm gonna be ashing my fucking gym shorts and shit. Yeah. Oh, got Your gym baby. shorts? <laughs> you got from Sheridan? He on uh, Gucci label. <laughs> Gucci started the label. Gucci got Gucci just dropped a, like a no limit uh compilation. Yeah, like, like five, the new like 1017 or whatever. What? Yeah. It's a new, whole new clip. Wow. That's classic. He has like a new click like every like three four or five four years. years. Yeah. The best click he ever had was uh, Waka Flocka and OJ the Juice Yo, Man to me. We were just listening to old Waka and Gucci before he got here. <laughs> we're listening to, we saw in the kitchen in like the sidebar and we're like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then that made me remind, or uh, it reminded me of like Karma and like obviously No Hands and of fucking uh, Hard in the Paint, obviously. Hard in the Paint, most definitely. Yeah, Walker went on his EDM kick, and he said he made so much money overseas. Dude, that's what I was telling Jimmy, because we're both like, he's not like irrelevant. Because Jimmy was like, he saw an article saying like, Waka uh, Flocka is like a one-hit wonder. Uh, and it's like, no, he's not. No like, we literally just paid three it. songs back-to-back that were like, yeah, these were hits. Yeah. And But yeah, then I brought up what you just said the edm thing and i was assuming like yeah there's fucking edm festivals all over the world you can probably tour non-stop and just like rake in money yeah um i don't know if he's necessarily raking in money but he's definitely getting booked overseas mm-hmm. that being said it might have been wale though yeah. They said one hit wonder. It might have been Wale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like a, a list had came out or something. Well, it was just a YouTube video. It was like top ten one hit wonders of the two thousand ten. Somebody 2010s. tried to put Lil Duval on the one hit wonder list. I was like, nah, it's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know when you when you can qualify yourself as a one hit wonder. After, After like five. five years, yeah. After I was gonna say five, five years, years goes by and you haven't had anything. But yeah, also, if you, if you haven't had anything. Yeah, but it's like, but if you've had one hit, one if you had if you had one hit, then five years go by. It's not like if you have fucking five or ten hits. Oh yeah, like uh, that's where my Trinidad argument with James Waka is a great yeah, example. Yeah, Trinidad James for sure. Even though he got even though that he fucking, did have some good, that mixtape was fire. It's just that it, it well just, he just never had like because he had the fucking twenty uh, four carat that was sampled fucking uh, don't believe me just watch mm-hmm. and then. Uh, he just got money off that forever. Yeah. Now he just like works for Complex for and some reason. He he does have a few songs out. He did something with Lil Dicky, but it's nothing like 
full-on project. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it is nowadays, but I feel like back in the 90s and 2000s, if you had one hit, like, you can coast, like, that's a lot of money. If you have a one smash great. hit, yeah. well, like, there you wasn't, can live like, the that. expectation of, like, new shit. Yeah. Like, and also, people like were actually the... buying music back then. Yeah. Like, right. people were fucking, you know. Medical yeah. yeah, like, singles Sex. would come on fucking, like, a mini that's record. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> shouts out to what? To my pharmacist. <laughs> Shouts out to Ivan's Pharmacist, live from the studio. I'm Jimmy Selesky. Merrick Glazer. And uh, as Jimmy said, we have Ivan Martin on the cast tonight. Yo. And we got his pharmacist over here. <laughs> <laughs> He's stupid. No, actually, I am RX the audio tech guy. Audio tech guy. <laughs> I walk the around producer my, for the night? Yeah, I walk around <laughs> my own audio tech team. You know what I'm saying? We got JB. Yep, this is JB. And... Uh, yeah, I'm just here. It's super weird for him because usually he's the one that helps other people and all the audio stuff do their podcast. Yeah, so for yeah. him to be on the other side, it's like weird, huh? Yeah, so actually I'm a monk and I took a vow of silence for 2020 and so I'm breaking <laughs> it. <on laughs> breaking it. It's like this yeah. guy's a shitty monk, dude. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm talking to this guy all the time. It's the middle path. He's <laughs> <laughs> good, a little bit of bad. I want this monk the the fuck up. <laughs> and you're... um. You're uh, Virginia Beach based. Yeah, Are you just up here visiting Ivan. Yeah, so um, I just came up, went to Maryland, came chop it up with Ivan. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Because you guys go way back. Yeah, we go way back. I knew Ivan through many uh, fashion eras. <laughs> <laughs> I that's feel like funny. the Mr. Duck stays true though. I feel like that's not nah, like like really. Back then I was wearing two different color recreations. <laughs> two different color creative recreation. You knew him Facts. all the way up to his pink button up sweatpants phase. No, no button ups at all. No button ups at all. Like, <laughs> that's the current phase, bro. <laughs> Jeans, like whatever the, the hell this is. It was crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, I can't really, I can't really talk that much shit because I'm wearing a troll face shirt. I know, right? And, and middle school gym shorts. But yeah, like, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it even. I'll, see, back then it was confident. If I was to do this now, it would just be douchey. But I would like. I even had like a. I would have a certain shirts airbrushed. Yeah. And one of them. One of them, they all said like funny shit on them, but one of them, they were really just shit for chicks. But one yeah. of them said, "Just pick up lines, airbrush you on won't your shirt, it, bro." Seriously, one of them said, "I bet I'm cuter than your man." Mm, wow, no lie. And then I, with the different color creative Rex, yeah, man, I was a, I was a, a little bit of sneakerhead. Back That's then, something man. that yeah. as a straight guy, you could probably only get away with wearing up until you're like 22. That's I what I'm saying. Say. Yeah, that was right yeah. the time. A gay guy could do it. Time. You could wear that. In, well, well into you were your 30s you were 40s, like but. out of your house early. I feel like didn't yeah. you told me you had like your own apartment young. Yeah, I left the house early. Yeah, JB. I think JB was like. He was like one of the first friends that I met and showed my apartment. And like, what was so funny? <laughs> I didn't even know how to show people your apartment, so he just came and sat down and was like, all right, we're going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely didn't do a walk. Yeah, we did, though. Because uh, yeah, it was after the, the club. It was like us young or whatever. And I was like, oh, for man, some yeah. reason, I was just so anxious. Like, yo, let's go to my house. And then, <laughs> then we got there and had nothing to do. <laughs> but you had a crib, though. You're proud of it, had a though. crib, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's man. like the, the first friend that gets like an apartment or something. That's mm-hmm. where everyone goes for like until... Mm-hmm. Well, nah, you know. he had the studio. Oh shit! How, how when yeah. did you start the studio? Um, I opened up in '05. Oh shit! Okay. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like had like 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 big names like tell them you're resi. Oh yeah, like <laughs> a- the studio, by the way, Akon came through uh, our door that bums used to piss in. I was in a four story building though, so oh, I had 
came into one of the biggest radio stations. They had moved up the road, and I took over their spot. So, oh, so I it was had already that. like built out and shit. Yeah, man, it was Damn. nice. You had to take the elevator, man. Was, was that the spot we went to, or yeah. was that? Oh yeah. fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know about the hallway. Yeah. Akon walked through that hallway. And yeah, you know where we, go, where we went to go smoke. <laughs> He's at? coming locked up. That's where he wrote that hallway. He had to step over needles, and it was a little ratchet. <laughs> I mean, because I was in Norfolk, and you had the projects here, section it here, 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 and you know, you might just be walking to your car and have to step over a guy peeing in the in the walkway. So. It's very relatable to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> feel right at home. So you had the? Did you have the top floor of that, or did you have the whole building? So I had the second floor, pretty much half of the half of the side. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I pretty much ran it for a long time. I had the number one studio in Hampton Roads since wow. like '05. But and then so I gave them just, a break. And so you were just <laughs> sitting there, like you were. I guess you were. I'm assuming you were working out of your house at that point. And then this real, the commercial real estate came up for rent, and you were just like, I'm getting this shit, or how'd oh, that happen? Oh, no. So when I was, I started music in 97. I was recording with the Radio Shack mics and things like that. There you go. Then R&P I took Radio all Shack. this stuff out of the closet, started in the booth, and once my friends found out that I could record, it got crazy. Cars would be lined up. So then I had to start looking for a building. So... That studio in 05 wasn't even my first situation. I got into my first situation maybe like early 2000. Really? Um, but 05 is when I opened my own studio. Yeah. Wow. Damn. And in between the first studio working experience and 05, I started my website, which was beatboxking.com, which I don't own, which I found <laughs> out that people can own. So I got a tattoo, a whole tattoo that somebody else was like, yeah, oh, if you want Jesus. your domain back, you can pay a couple <laughs> grand for it. I say, you know what? And it was we a can share it. artist we himself. Can share. He was so like, yeah. They, the re- they probably did the research and saw the back analytics and saw that at one point it right. was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they knew you would come back and want to purchase it. I've done that before. Well, how yeah. much is it to get a tattoo removed because <laughs> if it's less than what the domain this is a part costs. of me though because i had i was like number one out of two million sites back on aol dial-up disc for instrumental yeah. downloads that's crazy that's he was crazy. the first person i knew world, yeah. that was sending actual cds like i remember him walking me to a computer and being like look at this and it would be orders coming in from like denmark and yeah. i was like damn what and, he, and he just like had tapped into like a whole nother international sector of people that just wanted American hip hop beats. Yeah. Well, they like wanted like underground shit or whatever, but like that's like you're the only source at that point. Exactly. That's at crazy. that time. Yep. Original beats for sale. Damn. A dollar for a download. Okay. So yeah, don't get rid of that tattoo. I'm sorry for <laughs> suggesting yeah, that. that shit. You should get a dollar for a download tattoo too. Might as well just lock it in, you know? Like, <laughs> no, what I'm gonna do is whoever owns it, I'm gonna probably just send them a picture and be like, come on, man. That's all I'm going to send him a picture of my arm. Come on, Come man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, don't, man. Don't treat me like this. Give dog. me my website, man. Come on, man. <laughs> That's one way of doing it, I guess. Yeah, he just has a tattoo of the money he's asking for tattooed on yeah. his arm. And then like, we just means a lot to me, too, man. <laughs> the amount, right. the actual yeah. amount. The exact amount in stacks of cash. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we live on, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're still Damn. based on Virginia Beach? Are you at a new spot now, or is that still your spot there? So after Corona, I just didn't want to record with anybody. I was working out of Timberland Studio for a while oh. um, in Virginia Beach. That was cool. Um, but I was like, nah. It was kind of, you know, it was new. And yeah. so I just, 
I just been chilling, you know. And, yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's been chilling for the past six months, dude. Yeah, because it's like, what do you do? Yeah, I was planning an independent tour because before that, I created this platform called Live in the Garden, and I, don't, I mean, it ain't about me, you know, because I don't know. Ivan is a man, but anyways, live in the garden, man. Not I'm very I made often this. is he comfortable talking about himself, and, uh-huh. I, and like y'all like cooler shit, so I know you would bring him out. Of yeah, it. I don't <laughs> be saying nothing. Yeah, that's why I chilling. broke out the butt plug, dude. I was like, we need to loosen this man. Yeah, I was wondering what Ivan was sitting on, but also, that's good. Whatever, if you lose, keep going. It's like lawn darts. I heard that. If you lose, keep going. <laughs> so I'm sorry. What was that thing called you just mentioned? Um, so live, live in the garden. Live in the garden. It was just a platform. I had guys from around the area because I had a couple of cameras and we just filmed guys rapping, old school bars, old school mic, and um, we just started putting the videos out. And one of the videos was shared by Timberland, one by Missy, another by Meek Mill. Stuff was just going viral. Wow. So I had like. Two million views collectively last year, Damn. and then I just stopped because it was just a project for me. And everybody else was like, "Bring the garden back," and I'm like, "I, I want to do something else." <laughs> I'm next. bored, dude. Yeah, like it wasn't for that. So when you say engineer, did you produce beats as well, or did you just do the recording engineering stuff? Both. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Produced beats for so many years, but then I started focusing on the mixing side of things. What was your What was your artist name? Just JB, or did you? Gosh, did I even have one? Oh my god! What was your tag? JB, 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 JB Easy. So this is the other tattoo, and I and I put the flames on it because I just you got to. Yeah, I, I just, hope you <laughs> own that website, dude. Yeah, I'm just Jay Bray now. That's my government. <laughs> Fucking flame.com hitting you up. Yeah, dude. that was hey, a good question. Yeah, though. man. <laughs> I didn't even dot com this one. They probably already got me. Oh, what get off the, of GoDaddy. What was the tag? Mm-hmm. The producer tag. I'm not you telling you because you're gonna dot com it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Like, if yeah. you go to the song that I produce, a little bit of my tag is still in it. It's I like, it. Yeah. yeah, it's right before the hook because they chopped the beat up and they oh, actually shit. used the and two they try track. To, like clean it out. Yeah. Well, also, because I guess tell once them. once they buy the beat, they can kind of do whatever they want, I guess, right? Yeah. Or no. no, tell them the depending crazy on the story license. Depending on the license. How that ended up happening. You how get exclusive. Okay. You can get a lease. Listen to this. I got paid. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I guess you're fine because you're like, I might just retire, dude. You came in here being like, I'm a retired studio yeah. owner. <laughs> yeah, I'd be bored. <laughs> but no, nah, it's nothing like that. It's just I'm I'm an artist. Uh, I do music. I I move off of inspiration only. I don't I don't care about the money, but I'm old enough to realize that the money is important. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's just my motto. That's sweet, dude. So yeah, is that your man. main... So So... That was your. I'm assuming that was your main line of work for like the longest time, and you've kind of just moved on. To- yeah, because I had it was actually three studios in a one building. I had an A room, B room, C room, wow. and I just and I would a, train a TV, people from and the a community. T-shirt print room. And the yeah, studios yeah. were built for being like recording studios. I'm assuming like they had yeah. like the everything. That's, that's yeah, forty thousand dollars all the way in the back was for the free crazy. Like the one all the way in the back on the right, I think. Yeah, that was my room. That was. Did insane. you see that? Uh, so you yeah, went down yeah. and saw it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And yeah, I think we were there we on the show. JB always like let me stay at the studio. He would just give us the keys and be like, "Here, y'all got it. Y'all need yeah, head crash there. Y'all want to record something? Y'all, wow. what y'all? Oh man! I think I took a picture in one of your boots. <laughs> True. You yeah, still yeah. got it. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yo, man. Anyway, I, I really, I really want the pictures because I'm not there. I moved to another location, mm-hmm. but it's so many memories on that spot. 
and I just want to print them and just put them on a wall. That's funny. So do a lot of people pass through Virginia Beach? Because like I've never been there personally. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of like Ocean City, right? It's like it's like a yeah, big it's a beach, beach destination tourism. for the South. Yeah, but it's like a beach destination where people like actually live. Because Ocean City Correct. is like when yeah. I meet a local yeah. at Ocean City, I'm like, you you live here? What the? Well, what? Virginia Beach no, is live. like huge. That was the craziest thing when we went down there. Because you're like, all right, we're just gonna hop over to the mall real quick, and it's like, yeah, okay, so yeah, get on the highway. We're going like ten miles. <laughs> Like, what? Like, it's this spread out. I remember you. Yeah. Remember yeah. You well, because my only experience at beaches was like the like Ocean City, New Jersey, like uh, Delaware type beaches where it's mm. just like all in one strip. Mm. And then like there's bay on one side and ocean on the other. Mm. And you're just on the wow. strip going up and down. So I was just like, why is it so big? Yeah. It was, it was a, I guess Virginia Beach is weird like that because Virginia Beach actually has a residential area and a downtown. Wow. So it's not That's like, dope. whereas you go to other beaches and just like he said, it's just a strip <laughs> yeah. or the bay or the boardwalk. You mm-hmm. know? Do you guys have a boardwalk? Yeah, the strip, I guess. Yeah, it would be considered mm-hmm. a boardwalk, but it's just a strip made of wood. From which one? But um, Yeah, we went on the board. We went to Domino's on the boardwalk. <laughs> Old did. school, Fancy. classic local Virginia Beach. Exactly. Exactly. Domino's. We wanted to get mm-hmm. traditional Virginia I Beach. Did take a, I did take you to MacArthur Mall, though. Like, we walked yeah, over there. We That's the like mall. famous Norfolk stuff right there. We went to the Hold mall, on. and every security guy knew you. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even but live like, there. But not for a bad reason. They're just like, oh, man, what's your next show? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I am like a little yeah. small celebrity in the most. And, like, it was. But it, but it, it was, was so uncool like, and cool because it, it was like just the security guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so Eric was kind of like that's weird, all the store cool. owners were like, Arvin. I had a Target fan base. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> niche market. You know what I'm saying? Don't let me go to the military base. It's over. <laughs> oh, shit. True. Yeah, Norfolk's a military base, right? They yeah, got a man. whole bunch of shit going on there. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. That's how you ended up. Were no, you in military actually, too or no? No, no, I actually mm-hmm. met him oh, very weird through his brother. Okay. Through comedy though. Um it was a joke I had about um a dude chasing a girl <laughs> like being in a club and being so obsessed like you know how guys like just obsessed with their girls I'm like this dude, yeah, we got ladies you have a date to do, he's so obsessed with you, you be out with the club with your friends having a good time and he in his bathrobe talking to the DJ like, "Hey, could you please ask where Sheila is <laughs> real quick just just over the microphone?" Here's twenty dollars. Just ask for real quick. Is Sheila here? And then you see her friends in the corner. Like, girl, that's your man up there in the house row. In the house row. And then for some reason, JB's brother Blake would just all. And Blake is an intimidating guy. Like Blake is like the Suge Knight of like Norfolk. You know what I'm saying? So like Blake is like that's like the depiction. So uh, would you say? (laughs) He's reformed now. He's reformed now. But uh. Long story short, man, he just walked up to me and he was like, "Man, I've been seeing you, man. That joke, funny, man. That's my joke, man." Boom. So then, you know, he comes to like, <laughs> He's like another. It's my joke now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an action figure like this. Yeah, Blink is like, so you can have yo. it. You can have it. <laughs> I like so, that joke, man. Like what size is that joke, man? <laughs> <laughs> so after that or whatever, he comes to like another show. Like I, I've seen him a few times. He was just like, "Man, I need you to come to the studio and do a drop for my brother." And, you know, like, at that time, Virginia, I mean, even to this day, Virginia Beach is one of those areas, or I'm the type of person that works, like, as long as we having fun and it's good energy, I'm going to come through. Oh, for sure. So, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, man, I'll do a drop, you know, whatever. And nobody's ever asked me to do a drop that I didn't know. 
So for me, it was going to be a great experience. Yeah. But his awkward That's ass you comes like, in. In your head, you're like, damn, I'm blown up. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He was like, you think like you're so anti-social awkward and shit. So he comes Always. in. And I'm like waiting in the studio because he tried to pull one of those like, yeah, meet me at the studio. But he's late. So I'm like, yo. I'm like, yo. So I'm just sitting there. He comes in. Like, you got any other jokes? Puts his stuff down. and kind of like waits for me to be funny. And I'm like, nigga, no. Not gonna fucking, yo, get the fucking mic. And then after that, from that point, we was just cool, man. And then after yeah, that, like, I was just yeah. coming to the studio every day. And then after that, other people would then be like, yo, I need you to do a drop. So after a while, I was doing drops. On so many people's stuff, skits, I was doing yeah, yeah skits, dance. everything. It's like rappers. It's rappers that drop mixtapes that would come down that were signed to to labels that would come down to from New York to oh, yeah. You remember? I remember those guys, man? And oh, they man, were they wanted to sign you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> they wanted to sign you as a yeah, skit guy. I had a pro. I had a picture this big with my name on it that they sent to the studio. Remember? And oh my I, god! And it was man. that was when the, the thing oh, was released, wow. and my name was right here. It's like like a compilation. And I was like, oh my, my mom had that at her house. <laughs> I was like, yo, <laughs> she thought that. I was signed. I was like, <laughs> it was crazy because that's back in the day when rap labels were actually signing comedians. Really? Yeah. yeah. Remember, remember at one point every hip hop video had a skit in the beginning. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, well I mean like a lot most, of those comments, like little just Duval, like rap albums little and Duval shit. and Jay Ski, Jay Ski out of rich, you know Jay Angus Black Boom Boom, all of them, but little Duval and Jay Ski, Jay Ski is um he's out of Richmond and he got signed, he went down to Atlanta and linked up with little Duval, both of them got signed to Grand Hustle and he had his face on a billboard in Atlanta mm-hmm. for telling jokes, you right. know what I'm saying? Like I, like it was crazy, so Damn. that wasn't uncommon. That's all I'm trying to say. Well, what I think time. is cool is like, because I know there's always this mentality of like people thinking like you got to move to like a city like New York or LA or something like that to get shit going. But the fact that you were operating that studio out of a place like Virginia Beach and people were coming through like that, you know, I think yeah. that's dope. But I feel like Virginia Beach is kind of like big because of like Pharrell. I think all the shit. drug dealers always have been known to come down to Virginia Beach to hang out. Really? Yes, that's the tell them the legacy. Then uh, <laughs> I'm not lying. What, what, I mean, but he's Jay, from there, so Jay-Z I'm not going to speak on the city. I used to like dribble down in VA, something like that. He said it for shizzle in my nizzle. I used to dribble down in VA. Yeah, yeah. Um, Virginia Beach, it was popular. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Everybody true. knows that Virginia Beach has the best producers, and the reason why. And the best. I won't drugs. even get into it, but we've we've <laughs> created a lot of no. Tell hits. us why. Tell us why, well, dude. Come you know, on. I love I love when you talk shit. You know, I know all, all this right, stuff. So, Rump Shaker then in the history of Pharrell or, or Teddy Riley. Yeah, even okay. Teddy Riley. He's so, from Virginia Beach. Right. Rump Shaker really? was a record that came out by allegedly produced by Teddy Riley, right? Yeah, but who but really Pharrell, made it was. Yeah. And they got like and he was a in high school or something he did that. for it. Yeah. Damn. But and I don't I'm just telling it how it is. No mm-hmm. shade. Back in the day, it used to be truckloads of producers in different studios, the bigger bigger guys. And so that's why, like, the ghost producing stuff was very popular, you yeah. know? So, well, I mean, that still kind of happens with, like, bigger yeah. producers like Khaled and shit, where it's like, he's not producing every song, and we kind of... Right. Like, we understand that because he's like kind of his own personality now, but like... Yeah, I don't think Khaled produced anything. Yeah. But really? Timberland... Producer, uh, Teddy Riley, yeah, Danger Hands. Who else we got? Missy, 
it's a lot of people. Kino beat. And what would you Kino say happened? Is it, I'm assuming yourself? it's not like that anymore. Like, what do you um, what, what do you think happened? Um, I mean, I came here to Maryland to sit with y'all. Ah. Yeah, so when I'm gone, it's like they operate on 20, 30 percent. I'll be back tomorrow. No, no, like, just give them when, the juice. Virginia <laughs> Beach stocks dropped over the weekend, dude. No yeah. lie. The city turns up. If you and Kino are in town at the same time, which isn't too often, if y'all in town at the same time and you know it more than two weeks, then y'all gonna do a project. Right. And the last thing that y'all did that was uh, resemblance or paid homage to that. Uh, uh, the J. Cole versus everyone thing. What was that? The the uh, Dreamville, the one oh, that came yeah, out. Oh yeah, yeah, Dreamville. Right. Y'all, y'all, y'all dropped that yeah, like three or whatever. So we had um, Kino Beats and Traumatone. Traumatone produced for Money Man. Thank you. And um, because he did throw what else? <laughs> <laughs> Next time I prefer twenties and fifties. If you're throwing anything, I was, I, was actually, I was actually trying to make a stick on the wall. Actually, I just fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, like Kino, Kino produced a lot of songs. Like little, he's worked with Little Yachty, um, Wiz, God, Wiz Khalifa, Nipsey Hussle. Uh, most recently, Larry June. Jeezy, yeah. Um, and Traumatone, he's from Virginia, but he's from a smaller part of Virginia. And he's produced, he has platinum, well, platinum, gold plaques, a lot of records. So did you did you go to school for that? Because I know it, you said you started pretty much doing like 97. Yeah. Which at the time, I'm assuming the internet and the wealth of information on the internet probably wasn't as accessible. Nope. So did you go to school for that or did you just kind of just trial and error it and learn? Or yeah, trial and error. Or... I would get, I could, I would could fo- afford one piece of equipment at a time, and I would learn it, make the money, go buy another piece, learn that, <laughs> buy another piece. Yeah, I took and ordered two hundred tapes for two two hundred dollars. Sold each for no, it was two hundred tapes for two hundred dollars. Sold each one and made like four hundred dollars, and then bought a CD burner. And when you, when you talk about selling things, because I feel like there's a kind of like, I, when I was out in LA the first time, which I went out mm-hmm. there and I want to say like 2011 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were still like selling CDs off, off, off Sunset Boulevard and Hollywood yes. and stuff like that. And it, even at that time, it seemed antiquated. Yeah. But like, cause not when I was in. Yeah, that's when what I'm saying. Was that like how you were pushing stuff back then? Because now yes. it's all online. Like, you know. Yeah, that was, that was, I wouldn't say that was the only way, but. If an artist came out with a new project and they had a fan base, it would be easy to sell 100, 200, or 1,000 copies. So for me, I wasn't, I, I played around with artistry, but as far as production, when I made my beats, whoever I sold a beat CD to, I wrote their name down. So anytime I do a new CD, I'm calling everybody back. I have some new beats, guys. <laughs> and one day I'm selling hundreds of CDs. And then I got to the point where I was putting them in the stores. And then DJ Drama or somebody did something with a mixtape and an RIAA crackdown on all the mixtapes. So the stores just started closing. Just because they were Damn. using like licensed instrumentals yep. and stuff like yeah, that? Like uncleared samples yeah. and shit. Or... And I was the only guy in the store with a big poster to say 100% royalty-free, sample-free beats. Ooh. And that's why I was you made selling. your own. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man. Yeah. A lot of my business tactics that I learned as far as like the festival, art of comedy, professionalism, promoting it, putting it together, even even the concept of how I run it, like 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 just everything like came from working with JB. Like JB was the first person to make me an MC. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I don't even put two and two together like that. You know what I'm saying? But I was most definitely 
MC in the comedy realm sense, but to MC in the in a showcase sense to where because he would have shows Ooh, where it would great. be rappers, singers, poets, comic. Da-da. So like you were, I had to MC variety. You know I mean, so you really learn how to be a master of ceremony. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I'm saying? And that was that was just crazy, man. So yeah, man, I remember um, learning how to actually promote a show, like mm-hmm. literally, like from conception from conception. To finding the venue, to talking to the people, oh, to, man. to the point where one of our best events what ended up being my event at the by the time I learned because I mm-hmm. found Club Soda man Club and then Soda we took that over Club Soda it it went from a concept to a whole elegant idea like Ivan was this like a collab thing yeah. what was Club Soda I must yeah know. I don't know what Club Soda <sighs> this is. was a club on Granby Street so Granby Street is downtown Norfolk. And the venue. This was is real. This is my real bachelor days because I lived on down. Granby Street Ooh. at the dead end across from the dirty ass beach. But it was a beach. Oh no! That sounds <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. Nowhere for you to go. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like three steps up. It was. How about this? It was nothing like what it, what you would. It was nothing like some Dundalk or Essex shit. Okay. It was like right by the base. It was nice. And I was at the dead end. It was my first yeah. time on Granby. See, this is the thing. I'm from Virginia, so I don't really fuck with the beaches. Mm-hmm. I just fought with the bay. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. yeah. That yeah. was like well, a dad joke. Like Y'all get it? Tourist type beaches, shit, right? bay. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Man, I was like, I'm going. To, I'm moving to the it beaches. Was, oh, dude, yeah. I like that. Guy. Yeah. I was like, I'm moving to the beach. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh. But yeah, man. Like uh, Club Soda, man. It was on Granby, and um, it, it was the first spot that I ever seen that had like a see-through floor. You could like be downstairs and see up. Right. Like, I was oh, like. Man. And like the nobody, nobody like tapped into this spot yet. So I was just eating lunch there because I was working downtown <laughs> just at the time eating too. underneath of the floor. <laughs> Chill, like I was there with the owner. <laughs> Literally, like when my pops came in town, like we ate dinner. They had had them open it up there by uh, ourselves. I used to send my girl there and her friends to like just for him to open it up. Like it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Like that was a high time right there. And then after that, and then. Um, I was like, yo, we gonna do a show here. And when I showed it to him and Young came through, it was Oh man. <laughs> so that was Why are you Never So mind. so Club So, <laughs> so Club mind. Soda was at was on Granby Street and it was a club on Granby Street? Yeah. And the club was called Club Soda or your show was called the, Club the Soda? The club was called Club Soda, but it wasn't even a club. Like we turned it into a club. It was really an elegant restaurant. Okay. Okay. But well And then they heard that you were already commandeering the glass building down there. They're like, all right, dude, just take it over. Just, <laughs> we already know was, what you do was, to buildings around here. It was a weird time, man. It was a weird time. You already time. sent your father here for dinner. Like <laughs> it was a crazy collabo. It was my birthday and then Ivan bought the comedians through um well, we had Quincy Carr. Um, yeah, Joke and Joe. Yeah, Joke and uh, Joe. It was myself and one more person. I don't of remember, course but yeah, yeah, man, it was suit and tie, and it was pretty cool. See, that's know? the that's the coolest type of setting. As I've gotten older, I appreciate the kind of like like you go to a show and it's like producing. You sit down and you watch it, yep. dude. My days of going into clubs and just being cram packed in there and stuff. I understand the value of it, but it's yeah, just man. like yeah, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, that's gonna be so weird after like things get normal again like because comedy clubs like the thing is when you're getting seated is like if you don't fill a full table they're just gonna cram you in with some random strangers Mm -hmm. so it's like is that still gonna fly after all these restrictions go up or it's gonna be a while before i feel like it gets to there dude i can't even imagine i literally can't imagine it Mm. at this juncture yeah yeah 
I mean, it's definitely a crazy time that we're living in. It's just going to be like a slow transition, I feel like, back to normal where like, right. it's kind of like, you know how like when you're talking to a girl, but shit kind of fizzles out and like one day you just like, maybe you're texting her every day and like one day you just don't text her. And then yeah. you think about it at the end of the night, you're like, oh shit, I didn't even t- mm-hmm. talk to that girl that one day. Uh, and then it's like slowly over the course of time, like, oh, I went two days without texting or something like that. I guess what I'm getting at is like, as far as like the transition back. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like one day they're going to be like, all right, take the fucking mass off, baby. We're back right. to normal. It's going to be like a weird <laughs> gradual thing where it's like all of a sudden you're walking around and you're like, I didn't see anybody wear a mask today. That's weird. True. You know? It's mm. just going like, to like, be one morning. Yeah, one morning yeah. you're going to be like, now I'm going to leave the mask at home today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what should I do every morning because I forget? <laughs> I've spent thousands of dollars on masks already. Man. Not because I care, but because I am forgetful. Ooh. <laughs> just go there like, yeah, I got to get a mask. I treat a mask like a condom now. <laughs> yeah, you use if it more people maybe treat three or four times before what? you throw it out. <laughs> you use those? And only if somebody asks you to? No, I just keep, I just keep it I just keep it on me. <laughs> no, I don't treat condoms like that. I have a condom on right now. I'm very serious about those. Right to save well, where's the mask then, dog? In Where my is the mask? I always keep it like six inches away from my face. You could use it as a pocket square. <laughs> oh, wow. We just That's true. Invention, like a pocket square you just rip off and put on yeah, your face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. That was the original, what, handkerchief or whatever they call it? Hanker, handkerchief? Handkerchief? Yeah, I know, right? So I saw this lady in the grocery store with one of those glass shields. No mask on. I'm like, don't mm. you know air is everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, some of the shit you see is just like remarkable. I always get, yeah. speaking of grocery stores, shit always gets me is like when you walk up to the kiosk and you're, the credit card thing and you're and they have the mm. saran wrap over the thing, but it's the same saran wrap that's been there all Everybody. day. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. What are, what are we doing here? It's the same saran wrap for <laughs> yeah, every you're customer. Just, you're protecting the keypad from coronavirus, <laughs> not the customer. Like, like, this has what? no function, but it's just like, so you see how wild oh, people wow. get. They just like do stuff they go to the extremes but it doesn't do anything it's like you're wearing a fucking like blacksmith's visor right now fucking like and it's yeah. doing nothing you just look ridiculous right. you're like getting protected from like sneezes but how many people are sneezing in your face yeah like come on man <clears throat> it's hard these days with coronavirus shit for real well yeah, i mean dude, you guys i haven't had... seen you since fucking like uh i don't even know because i did the art of comedy shit yeah, the, the last Zoom show. I'm glad but that was last, like months ago. Yeah, but even just for everybody, the last time that we hung out was a really good time. It was um Archie's uh yeah four and a half night. stars. And we all did uh, a yeah. uh, open mic that night. So yeah, yeah, that was a that good was a good time. Night. That was a good night. But that then was after like that, the world shut down. That was straight up. The world like, shut down two days. It was later. like a it was Wednesday like, or Thursday. It was a Wednesday. And it was like literally that Wednesday happened. I went to go see Jimmy on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then after that, nada. Because yep. I didn't leave my house for like three weeks. Yeah, it was yeah. very it was very funny to see the transition of like like St. Patty's Day weekend was when it kind of got shut down. Because St. Patty's Day would have been on mm. Tuesday, yeah. and right. they shut shit down on a Monday. We're yeah. we're all we're all going through um, depression waves. Oh, so, for yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's been crazy. But on top of that, just dealing with Corona, it's been hard to be black right now. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit's just diff. It's, it's easier to deal with racism when you can feel like you, it's okay to leave your house and yeah, you, know, you don't have to wear a mask. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's way easier. Cops shoot black people it's because way they wear easier masks to deal pre- with coronavirus. But now you, so, like, now you want me to sit in my house, <laughs> conflicted and just, messaging, and just deal with it 
all day long because it's on the news. It's on my phone. It's advertised to me. It's on the radio. I do wonder if if a lot of the the unrest going on right now is due to the fact that people are just so much more consumed with watching the news and being so much more involved in all that shit. They're seeing it. It's just constantly like bombarding your mind with shit. And it's like, like the way stuff is like tunnel vision. Certain certain white people need to see this though. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I will say you that know? it's definitely true, but it's definitely palpable how different, like, you know, it's not like this stuff just started happening three months ago, you know, but but how it's kind of like, com- how it's kind of like combusted into one thing all at once. I think that has a lot, probably mainly to do with the fact that we've all been locked away. There's yeah. already this level oh, yeah. of just, yeah, there's just, like yeah. no excuse for people if to you like, already not pay a attention. There's no distractions. If you were yeah, already yeah. a racist 17 year old kid. Oh yeah, with that guns. shit is insane. And then, after, and then after that, you've been in the house for the last five months. Also, like, how do you get his the... how do you get his driver's license during coronavirus? <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, that needs to be looked into. <laughs> That's the main. We need problem. another. We need another Shut charge up. added to this fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> but yeah, like, like I agree. You're with your point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, whatever, whatever it was you were before, when you're stepping out the house now after being pent in for mm-hmm. however long you've been in. Yeah. Yeah, you're releasing. It's a it's a you different world, and there's if you so, were an asshole mm-hmm. before when you leave yeah. out the house. Now you a dick. Well, like, like even even with like last night, like y'all heard about the the NBA, they boycotted the playoffs and shit like that. Like, and when my friend told me that, because he came over to watch a game with me, and mm-hmm. and he came over, and he was like, oh, the game's canceled. I was like, why? And he was like, oh, because they're boycotting the shooting. And I was like, oh my god, and it, like. That's an unprecedented thing. We're in the middle of the playoffs. Teams are just refusing to play. But at this juncture, like where we are right now, it seems like it didn't. Like if that would happen last year or like two years ago, that would have been like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. But now it's just like, yeah, that happened like like a year ago. That's like the players would have been kicked off the team and Mm -hmm. banned from ever playing again. Like like Kaepernick, dude. It just it seems crazy. So normal now. Every time I think about sports now, no matter what it is. Well, it's just not Roger the same. Goodell comes to mind every time. Sorry, <laughs> who He's, comes to mind? The dude that was like you're just thinking about Robert Kraft's fucking is, is that is that the, the dude? sex tape in the massage parlor? No, no, no. The guy, Ooh. the guy that um, the guy that was the team owner and the chick that he was like having sex with recorded him and yeah. <coughs> basically he goes, uh, hey. I don't care what you do. Listen, you want to have sex? Want to have sex? You want to hang out with Magic Johnson? Hang out with Magic Johnson? You want to hang out with black guys? Hang out with black guys. Just don't bring them to the game. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That, that, was like, that was like that was like an eighty or ninety year old like team owner. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, Bill Burr, his, yeah. Yeah. That shit was so funny. That was that was like a year. Was that or so Roger Goodell? Right? Was that was, no, no, no. It was Goodell's the, the owner of the NFL. I think. Oh okay. No, 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 no. The, it was the it was the owner of a team in the NBA. It was yeah, not yeah. Adam Silver. I don't think it wasn't the commissioner was, of the NBA. It was it an was owner funny. of a team. It was to to this day. That shit. But Bill Burr has a great bit about that. How it was like he's like it's a ninety year old white guy. What did you think he thought? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dude. Like that was probably considered fairly. He was saying like that was probably considered fairly progressive in the fucking thirties. He was like, you can hang out with them, you can date them, you can fuck them. Just don't put them on Instagram. (laughs) He was probably like that was probably. He was probably considered a hippie when he was in the thirties. You're hanging out. He's like, hey man, you can hang out with them, you can date them, you can fuck them. Just don't put them on Instagram. People are like, people are like in the eighties, like. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but that's it's kind you of know, true though. Dude, you, you, gotta, know. you gotta take into account certain things like that. It's like he's, a nine, it's, he's a product of his time, dude. He's fucking eighty-five years old, dude. He came up in a time when you couldn't even drink the same water oh, fountain. Oh, yeah. it's like it's old you know. racist people are hilarious. Yeah. How much how much they think they've oh, progressed, yeah. and when they really break it's it crazy. down, you're like, wow, you you really think you've done you've you've made it far. I have one thing to put in perspective. My dad's 
stepmom was a slave. Damn. So that's how, so it's not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, and my yeah, pops yeah. got issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm from Virginia. So every time off. I leave Virginia, I feel like I'm uh, on the Underground Railroad. <laughs> well, Maryland, I think, is still a slave state. Oh damn! <laughs> well, it's you like know, the border. God. Well, and honestly, yeah, the Maryland, Maryland, Maryland had a states, lot of. But um, I think I know what you was trying to say, Jimmy. Y'all a little advanced. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland little had advanced. a lot of like underground railroad stops. We had a lot. We had Frederick Douglass. We we were like on the border, so we had like we were like kind of like a. That was why in the Civil we were War, Switzerland, dude. Yeah, we were. We we're really neutral. were because in in the Civil War, that's why they Maryland wanted to secede, but that's when Abraham Lincoln was like, no, we can't lose Maryland because that's where D.C. was. So right. if we, so he was like, they can't. The the state that contains our our nation's yeah, capital they can't, can't surround succeed. the capital. So, mm. but Maryland like wanted to leave. It was like fifty fifty. Right. And then, but like, dude, Hampton Mansion, Hampton Mansion is right down the road. Mm-hmm. That they own the most slaves on the east in, in I think all of America for real. <laughs> That's How about this? And they and they were half. But it, it was they were half. Um, half of them were African slaves, and then a bunch of them were. Uh, like just like European, like Slavic people and stuff like that, like Irish people and stuff like that. But it was a ton. If you combine all of them together, it was a ton. Yeah. And in fact, all this land I think I was pee. originally part of the plantation. And that's yeah, the yeah. thing too. It's it, it's not just black people that's been slaves too. It's been a lot of slaves, and it's just mm-hmm. been slavery since the beginning of the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what Irish, like you said, yeah. Irish slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still happening. And. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a slave to um my my mortgage. Yeah, I guess we are in a way, you know. It's yeah. like, we're all we're all kind of indentured servants to our bills yep. and our responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only way you can kind of like if you find a way cuz I, I was in a conversation I was having a conversation with one of the guys in my band um and he was talking about like modern society and how people like how you have to find a job and do things like that and i was like and it, it, it for you have to you have to find a job you have to do something you have to pay your bills right and uh you know i was saying to him i was like you know there's goods and bads to the amount of like to modern society because on the on the downside it's like yeah you have to go out and find a way to pay your bills but on the upside with all the technological advancements like a person like we can sit here in a garage and record something and put it out on the internet and have it reach somebody on the other side of the world in a yeah. way that we could have never done 20 years ago. So like there's progressions in society that are great, exactly. you know? And, and so I was saying to him, I was like the way to navigate that, like, yeah, you could be a slave to your job, but if you make your job doing what you love, then you're not a slave because you know, everything, everything comes right. down to at a certain point, it doesn't matter what world you're living in. Even 10,000 years ago, like before mm-hmm. they had, Jobs and shit like that. You still had to go out and hunt for your tribe. Yeah, yeah, you figure it out. Like yeah, three fucking seashells. Yeah, 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 figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Hold up, I mean, you got to talk in the mic, dude. <laughs> I was peeing in the room. <laughs> so, like, in Br- I was peeing and getting a Al Capone from the gas station. <laughs> 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 but I think that'd be a certain age. I mean, you're not talking. I mean, you got to talk to my. Ain't nobody hearing you right now, bro. <laughs> all right, let me finish peeing. I'll be right back. All right, all right. right. I finish peeing. Right what were you saying, dude? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, sorry for that. So <laughs> they they gave out trillions of dollars for businesses. Big businesses took it, but then small businesses. There's still trillions of dollars available. Mm-hmm. That's for everybody. So it's really no excuse, you know. 
you can either start a business or if you know someone that starts a business, that person could start a business and then you could hire people and give people jobs. So you could look at it and say this person is working as a slave because they have to work this job. But some people are not smart enough to run a business and yeah. they're good at that skill. So it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And you need those people. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. even necessarily come down to like intelligence, I would say. Like there are certain people who have that kind of like entrepreneurial spirit. You're right. going to be like, I have a vision. I'm going to build something. Right. And then when you're building something, it's like you also, a good a good business owner, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have the capacity to understand that you can't be the best at everything. You can't be yep. the best producer, rapper, mm-hmm. engineer, promo guy, marketer, yep. video can't editor. And so you have to go and find the guys who are the best at those things. Or maybe that guy who was a video editor yep. might not have had the gumption, per se, to start his own video editing business, but he's really fucking good at it. Yep. And so when he finds his way with a guy who says, dude, I got a fucking business and I need a video editor, and you hire that guy, that that's needed in society. And I feel like a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like uh, aspersions that get casted towards entrepreneurs, people who build their businesses. You know, but those right. those are the people that that you know. They yeah, start they're the ones that take the risk. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, I mean, great. you could create jobs for the community, <laughs> and um, yeah. Smoke this black. Hell cigarette. yeah! But, there um, you go. Yeah, keeping it, keeping your brand clean. <laughs> anyway, you have another. What were you saying? Yeah, what were you saying? I think you. Um, I think you gotta. Um, be um, not bad. I think you gotta be uh, I got, I'm gonna have to go pee again now. <laughs> I think you gotta. <laughs> I should feel. I feel like the internet is so powerful mm, to yeah, the point true. that just like driving a car, owning a weapon, certain things that feel like if you, the reason why we put a drinking alcohol. The reason why we put an age limit or a whatever it may be. No, you good. You good. The reason why you can smoke that cigarette right there. The reason why we're um, doing. The reason why we have to do all those things because it's been shown throughout history and time that people need to be mature before yes. they utilize this, or else right. they could they yep. could utilize this with immaturity and turn it into a weapon. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, and that's a, unfortunately that's what you. Do with any object when you're immature. You, right. yeah. you turn into a weapon. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you like find so, an egg when you're when you're 25. You cook it. When you're 15, you throw it at somebody's house. It's <laughs> you like, know what I'm it's saying? The same fucking egg. So, I feel that way about the internet, and I think that's why a lot of things have happened that's fucked up. Well, yeah. I mean, that kind of like you're kind of talking about like cancel culture in a sense. I assume, or like just no, kind of like well, no, not, not even cancel that. culture. I'm just talking about. The way the internet is used, I think we misuse it, and a lot of the fuck shit that's out there is because a 16-year-old has been able to say exactly how he feels to the world since he was eight. Yes, And true. that will fuck you up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, sometimes right. you're supposed to only know your friends, your family, and, and your teachers. Well, yeah. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you, 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 you can't... You can yeah. be yeah. that... You can be that socially... You know, I guess advanced, but I don't think that's how. I don't and when you grow you're, up, you're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be like that cancel young. culture it's is an natural. aspect of that. It's not natural, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a broader thing. Which the same is way it's that, not natural to get drunk when you're 15. That's why they got an age. Same way it's not natural to drive when you're 12. That's why you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Not saying you can't do it, mm-hmm. but that's why there's laws on these things. Yeah. And I don't know how much fuck shit is going to have to happen over. I don't know how many teenagers are going to have to communicate with each other and have negative outcomes or immature um, objectives well, before that, they feel like, hey. Maybe we should not regulate, but at least put a 
you know, like some type of caveat with this internet thing. Yeah. Well, right. that's that's the you got to put it in perspective in terms of how long has human civilization existed versus how long has social media and the internet existed to the point to the magnitude it is now. You know, like the internet, I guess, technically started what in the '80s, but nobody fucking had it. You know, it was like a it was like a kind of like it was like started out like cell phones, like only fucking certain people had cell phones, and all of a sudden it got to the point where everybody has a phone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like the internet. It's like. The internet, like, I remember having a computer when I was a kid. We had Windows 95, mm -hmm. and, like, the internet was just this thing. But, like, it was just, like, weird forums, and everything was, like, strange. And it wasn't really, like, a community. It was, like, smaller, right. like, niche communities. Mostly, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, for, like, the nerds of the time that were, like, I'm telling you, man, this internet is... Yeah, exactly. I'm raising my hand. But now, it's only been, like, like I would say probably in, like, 2000, like, of MySpace, it's only been that way probably since the early 2000s. So, really, only 15 years in the grand scheme of things that we've had social media... Mm -hmm be this be this fucking immersed in our own culture we have no idea how to handle it and so now you're you you're friends with people on facebook or something like that where like in the 80s or the 70s like you're not supposed to know what some dude who is a bartender at some bar you go to thinks about every fucking issue thinks about every fucking thing you're just supposed to know that like hey that guy like I, that guy i see him when i go to the bar i get a drink and like that's your relationship, and it's only like your closest friends that you have like deep talks with. Like, right. what do you truly believe? Like yeah. philosophically, and now we see so many different sides and so deep into everybody's thought process. It's the first time in in human history that we've ever had access to that, and we don't know how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at look at how kids get treated. Like back in the day, the reason why bullying was not necessarily okay, but parents felt like it is a rite of passage almost, or something like like you go through it. Yeah. And and you know what? You need to deal with that bully. And you know what? Because there was a place that you could go and be safe. And your parents knew that. And that place was home. Yeah. Right. But now, even mm. in your own home, after being bullied all day, now you're bullied online. Now Which you're is, being bullied in your on your phone, in, in your pocket. Now you're being bullied. Like, so kids are getting bullied. I'm good. I'm good. Kids are being bullied. Oh, you need that shit. Kids are being bullied 24-7. Yeah. yeah. You can't you know escape it. Yeah. I mean. That's fucked up. I, I think, think you that is let's true, go back but to when you was only like, being bullied by like five people a day. And then after that you ran home. Mm -hmm. I mean you it. don't you don't have to have a phone. You don't have to like if you're a kid, like I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't have like a cell phone until I was like in high school. So like I, was, I had no I had a cell phone in uh what 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 eighth grade? Yeah. I did not get a so, phone until I was 18, right before high 19. School. I still don't text people back till like <laughs> hours later. You treat it like emails. Yeah, but like that was my first introduction to it, and it still wasn't even like a huge thing back then. Like it wasn't even like a. So like, I don't know. I guess maybe now you have like the fear of missing out, like the FOMO of it as a kid growing up. If like you're like, oh fuck, all my friends have Snapchat. I'm missing out. Like I wish I had a phone. Da 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 da. But. I don't know. It, it wasn't the like if you're like if you are a kid and you're getting bullied on Instagram or Twitter, like all you have to do is delete the app. Yeah, I, like you know it's still that's hard to say. Man. You know it's still happening, I, I guess. Kid, but I don't. But know. But if you know that everybody like just like this, you knew that everybody went home. So you knew that there's not ten that the five guys that were bullying you, they're not plotting on how to bully you. They're all in their five individual houses now. Mm -hmm. Everybody is still bullying you, so you can turn your phone off. Mm. But everybody is still bullying you. Well, that unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it bleeds over into real life. Like when we were in high school, like you know, we're the same age, obviously. You guys are a little bit older, but when we were in high school, like 
it was you could it was normal to not have a phone in seventh grade like maybe you did yeah, maybe cool. you didn't and even and even when you did have a phone you weren't like on it the for, internet it was with for your phone. mom to be able yeah. to call you and say do you need me to pick you yeah. up after yeah practice? i didn't have a phone yeah, that home. could access the internet <laughs> you know? until i mean when did you have your first phone that you could just browse online because i remember that was a big deal for me like i had like you could I, you could do it on the phones back then it's just that it was shitty yeah, yeah you could I had do it in like senior year maybe yeah that was like yeah i would say about senior year which would have been like what 2010 so, like, for the time before that, like, yeah, people had phones, but it was, like, you text somebody, they text you, you call. Yeah. But now it's, like, it's a part of Boy, your existence. You can't escape it. used to cost, like, 65 cents yep. a text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, I done been put on punishment mm. a few times for running up our cell phone oh, bill yeah. back then. Boy. Same, same. Well, and then my nine. mom kicked me off the plan, and I had to get my own cell phone. That's when I really realized, man, cell phones was <laughs> Yeah. I remember mowing lawns. Boy, I remember mowing lawns, and I, I had a GoPhone plan. And I remember I would text a girl that I liked in high school, and like every response, I'd be just tallying up the number. How much? How much more? How many more texts can I send? Boy, <laughs> how many more do nah, I have? I got, I got one, to seal the deal. I got, I got about ten dollars left. I cannot Yo, fuck around. I got yeah. one even better for you. What about that? What about that? Nah, we can't talk right now. Call me after nine when it's free. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. he'd be like nine after nine. It's on, baby. Dude, but right now, Jimmy, until I'd say maybe after high school. Yeah, you were. Solely, uh, did you have free minutes or free texts? I had, I can't remember what it was. One of them was free. So then, if you tried to do, if you tried to call him, he wouldn't pick up. And then he texts you, like, dude, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I had out of minutes. I got an unlimited text plan. Hit me up, like, Mm -hmm. type it out. I don't care how long, (laughs) I don't care how many 120 character texts that have to come through my phone. Just spit it out. Yeah, I had unlimited (laughs) text. And then I just got into that habit. So I was doing it for so long that now I have unlimited everything because it's 2020. And of course, you do. But, like, you know, I still, when people call me, I'm like, dude. But I remember just when, fucking text me. I remember people was right. going crazy when T-Mobile dropped that top five. Uh, remember, yeah. like if if you like if you got five people you could pick and you could talk and text these people unlimitedly. Mm-hmm. Man, you mess around getting an argument with the right chick. You'd be like, you know what? <laughs> just like <laughs> just move the bubble out of the way. <laughs> That's something that they kind of got rid of in modern day because that was like the original. Like when MySpace started out, they had the top eight, and and that was like something they quickly realized was like we can't have this because yeah. it literally like you're sitting there being like, who are my eight best friends? Uh, yeah, they, it's they, like they, picking yeah. your best man for your wedding. Like, eight, exactly. It's like you can't do it, dude. And they that's why yeah. no other social media has that now because they were like, this yeah. is this is just mm, too much. Yeah, you know. Trying to pick your eight best friends. What am I, 12? I guess I was at the time, so it made sense. (laughs) When I was 12, I was like, this is great. (laughs) I can fucking send a message. You was a really (laughs) nice person if you remained in like, like, if you had more than one Tom as your friend. Remember, it was like Tom was always like just that dude that stayed there. Yeah. But then after that, certain people like had two t- two Toms. You'd be like, oh, okay, you must really fuck with my space. <laughs> like, you real cool. Really you out cool. there. You cool. <laughs> like hippie before hippie. Like, you know what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. That shit was crazy, man. Do you crazy. remember? Do you remember who was in your top eight? <laughs> Nah, JB in your top eight? No, nah, no. Nah, now nah, by that time, that wasn't even out back then. Like yeah, that. Yeah, true. Um, nah, but, I really, but I really he don't. wouldn't have been. I really don't. <laughs> At that time, because we didn't know each other then, did we? Or did we? Because that came yeah, out when I was like mm-hmm. high school, rather right high school. We ain't yep. meet. We ain't meet till I was like twenty two. Yeah. I used to leave the navy. And change out of my uniform at the studio. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, come out with his Florida style, man. Go ahead. I know you want to say it. 
<laughs> no, I'm just saying you had your own style. It was it was dope. You know, I met a lot of people. You know, what about um, the did, uh, jeans? Did Ivan look like a retired Jewish man in Florida <laughs> back then too? Or <laughs> so, all right. No, it, it has evolved into this. <laughs> Have y'all saw all right, the Wizard of Oz? Right? I mean, quarantine has done a lot to everyone's fashion. Yeah. No, this is how I looked before. <laughs> this is like, you know. I like I'm the most it's casual centric, formal. Man. It's it very eccentric. <laughs> this is eccentric. <laughs> it's caramel. <laughs> but yo, uh, <laughs> one time I wore these jeans to the to the um, studio, and I thought they were cool, but obviously they weren't. So <laughs> it was like they had. Oh. What's so funny is I saw two chains in these same jeans the other day. But anyway. Um, it was like a pair. It was on, crazy. It was a pair of jeans that had do better than different that, patches on it, <laughs> and basically each patch was kind of like like a different type of denim. So and it was oh, in yeah, blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. What is the the squares that old ladies fold up? I mean, like quilts. They, they, yeah, like with the different. <laughs> oh, um, it was like puffy. I know what you're talking about. It's like a quilt, oh. but it's like a certain type but of quilt. It's like a With bunch different of different ones. On yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. They was fire, though. So They was dope. They was like... So... <laughs> they had the light squares, yeah. the tan squares. So listen, what he did was, it joked on me for a whole hour. Mystery pockets. To the point, <laughs> to the point that... They said, you know what? They said, you know what? We got to make no? a song about this. So people came in the studio... <gasps> And made a song about my jeans. These <laughs> jeans are made from all the jeans in the world. <laughs> he made an R&B song oh called gosh. These Jeans Are Made From All The Jeans In The World. These jeans <laughs> are crying. These jeans have seen a lot of... And at the end... <laughs> hey, yo, it was so much... It was yeah. so funny. And by the end of wow. it, it was like, you got to get on this. Because it wasn't even me on the song. So he was like, you got to get on this. So so yeah, at the end, it, at the end it was that. like a little skit where like <laughs> a, a little brother walks into his big brother's room and you hear the door open. He's like, hey, those are dad's jeans. No, those are mom's jeans. No, those are the lawnmower's man's jeans. Just kept naming people's jeans. And then at the end, it's like, these jeans are made from all the jeans in the world. <laughs> all the jeans in the world. Hey, yo, they used to play that shit every time. I, I think I threw them jeans away. Oh, come on. I don't bro. know, man. I might yeah. I might be able to find them. We just joints. are a little harsh in Virginia. We are harsh. We just fry. We got to. You got to be yeah, harsh. That was a fun time, man. That was fun because people always wanted to. I was very I was very quiet back then, believe it or not. So people would, he would always tell people, like, my man, a comic. But I would always just be chilling yeah. and quiet and to myself, not to myself, but like just chilling. Mm-hmm. And like you know, bouncing in and out of sessions, whatever room. Hey, what's going on? Boom, boom, boom. I'm about to go to the store. I'll see y'all later, man. Boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it may be. And I was working at the college, which was right across the street from the mall. And he was right across the street from the mall, so I always had a reason to be in the area. What college is that, by the way? A Tidewater Community College. Okay, cool. So next thing you know, whatever, he was um, he was like, "Yo, you should come back through." And after a while, man, I forgot what I was talking about. True. Uh, oh, you mean know, right now you did? Around. Oh, I thought well, you said so about that. The, pa- the, jeans, the jeans. The jeans. <laughs> the oh, no. You're coming out of the jeans. You're talking about just being around all the time. Being you took chill. a segue. You took a segue. That's being at the college. Some, it was some, I, was, I was saying that because I wanted to make a point about something. <laughs> but 
Long story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was quiet as shit. So people used to try to make me joke. And I never would. Like people used to always try to. So it would be like, oh man, come on. So people would get mad. And then start trying to like ride on me, start trying yeah. to like joke on trying me. To like heckle but you. now, yeah, and I would just be like, nah, you gotta come to a show. And then, like, that's how. True. This is and true. Then this is very true. All the rappers would show up at my shows. <laughs> Am I what? The shows would be crazy. I know everybody. Everybody wanna rap. <laughs> I mean, all yeah, the rappers. Like, every time we did something, it just flooded. All the rappers from the area would come to my show. And then and after that, girls. you would see a whole nother side of me, like, turn on. And then yes, after that, they'd yes. be like, he would oh. turn it on. <laughs> Like, it would be like from, to me, he is not a comedian. He is not. This dude ain't funny. To, <laughs> it's like, like Rocky film, the sounds, and he will just walk on the stage and so professional, so professional, so professional. Like, I'm like, yo, I didn't think he was for real. <laughs> I was so surprised, so shocked. And then I laughed my ass off. Yeah. And he did it so professionally, and mm-hmm. then he turned Thank it right God. back off. Like, <laughs> That's a real thing. You got to see people in yeah. their element, you know. Yeah. And that yep. goes for anything. If you're a musician, people are like, "Oh, sing something, sing something." It's like, no, because it's not gonna, it's not gonna, right? It's not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get what I'm doing, right? If we're just sitting here drinking on my couch, and I was like, right? See, and after and I don't even like listening to music in a in an environment that's not right. Like it irks me when people text me music like, ah, oh, I want to hear it in the studio. I want to hear it properly mm. so I can get it because I because you listen and dude, feel is, the music. Is, is there oh. anything fucking worse than when somebody tries to show you a video on their fucking phone? Dude. Oh man, uh, dude, I I will lose it and when somebody with tries you. that. Dude, they'll be like, oh yo yo, oh, yo yo, check this out, check this out, yeah. check this out. They got coming through their fucking iPhone speaker. Like, dude, right. first of all, even like I can't hear it. I want to hear it through the speakers. I can't, I'm in the middle of a conversation and somehow it got sidetracked to this, and now you want to make me watch it for three minutes. It's like this is clearly not the right form. Certain people don't have certain people when you're not a performer, they don't have a sense of like timing and when stuff is gonna hit and when stuff's not gonna hit, which right. is why if you're a comedian doing shit, it's like, look, like you like I, I could just ch- kick it with you guys right now. But like it's not gonna it's not gonna make sense what I do until you come and see me do what I do live and you, you know and yeah. people right. people that aren't performers or things like that they don't get that they yeah, just man. assume well, like it's also, oh yeah. it's it like was, the thing of like going like if you're meeting someone new and they're like oh you're a comedian tell me a joke and it's mm-hmm. like no this isn't like maybe if it came up naturally it's, in conversation weird, I'd hop mm-hmm. in and turn it on or whatever but it's like, like no. Yeah, being there and being <laughs> able to have that personality and being able to have business skills or show business skills, whatever it may be, and learning and working with JB and producing shows and working with clubs, things of that sort, it was okay to have that personality. But being in Baltimore and being around y'all motherfuckers, believe it or not, I actually had to be way more flint. It's almost like in Virginia Beach, I was becoming an adult and growing into my own self and I thought I was going to be like a calm cool chill type of guy you know what I'm saying and then on stage be totally different but moving here I couldn't get business done that way it's like I couldn't get people's attention that way so I almost had to be a hundred percent my Florida self which was way more flamboyant mentally emotionally way more emotional way more expressive 
clothes, everything. <laughs> I wear bright ass colors all the time. You know what I'm saying? Peacocking. Yeah, and I look like a like a young black Tommy Bahama all the time, man. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You don't know what's going on wow. here. Am I going to a baseball game, a meeting in my library? You just what's never going know. On? You just never know. <laughs> you know? So it's just like that. But I was way more comfortable, and people give you respect and know you're being authentic. So that was able to work in my favor way more here. Did I do I get on people's nerves? Yeah, because even in Baltimore, it's all they appreciate my authenticity, but nobody here is that aggravating. When it comes yeah. down to what they want, people usually get a hint of frustration or no or this person's going to let me down and they let it go. They drop the ball. Not mm-hmm. me. Like I need a clear no, and then I need to know why. And then I need to know if I can do it. Fine. If you don't want to do it, can I do it for you then? Because all I need you to do is help me get to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the difference. I would say that's yeah. kind of the difference between a city like Baltimore, a city like the bigger cities where like in L.A., like, yeah. you know, everybody out in L.A. Is, is, according to them, fucking doing something. You know, like according to the people out in L.A., they're doing something. Yeah. And in Baltimore, we've always had this. It's, it's an underdog city. We're like a major city. We're like a minor major city. You know, and, right. and anybody, you know, you talk to a lot of people in Baltimore, they're like, oh, yeah, the goal is always I got to get the hell out of Baltimore. You know, there's so many people that think that way. And so when you when you make relationships in the industry in Baltimore, it's one of those cities where it's like it's a true relationship. It's not like I'm like if you meet somebody out in L.A. at a club, like the immediate thing is like, oh, this guy works with this guy. So yeah, I'm what can you do for him? Me? Yeah, exactly. Baltimore mm-hmm. isn't a what can you do for me type of place because we're all in this shit right now. Yeah. Like it's Baltimore. Baltimore. Is like, a, what can I do for you? I don't know. What can you do for me? I don't fucking know. We're in Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore is definitely. You, know? like, you want to work look, or not? Yeah, ba- exactly. Baltimore is definitely like I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna make something happen. And yeah. if people show up, it's gonna be dope. And, and so it's it, that simple. And so it comes down to, <laughs> yeah. to to knowing people and believing in people, and that's why you probably got that vibe. Is, is it really does come down to just authentic. You know, you meet somebody, and you're like, yeah, fuck it, dude, I fucking work with you. You know, Travis did that shoot. We, I saw you for the first time in a while last week. We did a little shoot. I don't mm-hmm. even know what the, the film is called uh-huh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I know we had some major speaking roles in it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> my Oscar any day now. Dude. I'm looking for that shit in the mail. But like it's like, you know, Travis said, yeah, it's like, yeah, dude, I fucking do this. Because he's a dope guy and it has nothing to do with, oh, where is this going to get me? Oh, is this, wh- who are you pushing this screenplay to? It has nothing to do with that, dude. It's just like, dude, whatever. Yeah, as long as that spirit remains in the city, I think we're going to always continue to produce dope shit. It will remain in the city until the city pops off, which I do think will happen. Yeah, I do believe that. Be, this was going to be a crazy I mean, year because all of our talent was going to South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm. also, I think um, I think maybe like a unintended positive side effect from Corona is like, people realizing that like living in new york or la doesn't make sense like <laughs> true just like money wise like just because fucking like rent has gone skyrocketing and at least in new york and i think like baltimore because it is kind of like an artist city i feel like it could pop off if like just the tides change mm-hmm. and like fucking it becomes a new brooklyn or some dumb shit like that you know what i mean like that can easily well it doesn't easily happen like, with the with the flick of, of the right agency well just like at the area, right you know? timing well not even just agency just like city planning and developing like me and jim were talking about like the they've been talking about for a while but like the bullet train that they want to put up the eastern seaboard or whatever to like uh 
15 minute ride from Baltimore to DC or like a 45 minute ride from DC to New York. Like hmm. if shit like wow. that opens up, if like mm-hmm. the city, oh, yeah, the downtown keeps the getting developed, connect what? to the city seven days a week. That changed the city a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mad people from DC come to the city. Yeah. Because I now, even know to hang out. Yeah, now yeah. you can live in Baltimore, work in New York, work in DC and it's not even a commute. Like, like now you can live in Baltimore, <laughs> take the train, take the bullet train down to DC in 15 minutes. That's, that's one third of the commute. Like there are people that yeah. do live in Baltimore and work in yeah. DC and are commuting yeah. the fucking I, hour. I think I would live in Maryland and work in Baltimore. So the yeah. whole the whole idea well, of yeah, and the thing is like also like the thing that helps out any of the major like hubs of entertainment, specifically for comedy, I guess, but like you kind of even see it happen in D.C. a little bit too. Like New York and L.A., they're super cities, so like the population density per block is like I'm gonna make up a statistic, but like ten times that of a Baltimore city block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so right. like. Basically, if you have like a show in a neighborhood, like right. you just have a bigger percentage of people to draw from. Mm-hmm. Just so come outside. It's literally just like <laughs> if it it doesn't even have to be like someone recognizes Baltimore as like this talent for it to start. It just has to be like it needs to make more sense for more people to live there. Mm-hmm. And then once there's more people living there, there's more of a potential base to draw from for anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, the whole the whole idea of having to move to a city, I feel like that is so like I feel like that is has been old school for the past ten years, honestly. The idea that you have to you have to go somewhere else mm. to make a name for yourself. And what happens is when you live in a city like that, and I think that is why Baltimore tends to have that very authentic art scene, is because nobody moves unless you're Ivan, nobody moves <laughs> to Baltimore being like, yo, I'm gonna fucking move to Baltimore to fucking pop off. It's like Baltimore is a city where people are from. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Unless you're you for some reason. But I knew, hey. I knew, I, you gotta make right, it out of the south. You gotta know. Can you get it from me, bro? Yeah. Or that one? No, man. You gotta know how to. If you're a real, if you're a real hustler, you know how to go to a city and and spend two days and and see the future. You know how to you know how to go to a city and be like, oh, it's already somebody here doing this. Mm-hmm. I can tell by I can tell by the flyers that's up on the polls. I can tell by the promo. I can tell by yeah. like it's small stuff. I can tell by the way that uh people act in the mall like no it's so i walked in the, so i've been in the yeah. mall for 40 minutes and nobody has walked up to me and told me about a party going on tonight nobody's yeah. giving me a flyer <laughs> nobody but, I, but if i'm in atlanta if i'm in virginia beach if i'm in jacksonville florida if i'm in miami if i'm in New, louisiana if i'm in new orleans if i'm any of those places that's a trend yeah. like i could just be cool walking out and about and somebody be like hey hey i got this event going on tonight here's the flyer on the flyer it's gonna have the time the location right, right. how much it costs da, da, da. and he gonna be like yo thanks for talking to me when you come in tell him someone so you get half off at the door that's gonna happen at least two times mm-hmm. if you check like am i lying Jay? we've mm-hmm. been doing that <laughs> yeah like am i but when you yeah. come to another place and you just start to realize they do things differently so let me bring my sauce mm-hmm. here. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. not saying what you're saying, I, I'm, I'm trying to make your point mute, but I do think there is a huge Brilliant. benefit to taking what you learned at your dojo and using it at someone else. No, 100%. Oh, yeah. you know, no, that's like that's old saying, school yeah. fucking like spice trading shit being like, oh shit, I got fucking salt. I'm going to take this over here and just fucking... <laughs> 
ball ass. Nobody got Cayenne over here. Nobody got Cayenne over here. I'm bringing it. I saw I saw Baltimore had tons of talent, and I saw that Baltimore cultivated and groomed and supported DIY. Yeah, that's what I saw. So. I knew that if I brought something that, and for a long time, I it's, I was living in the city for two and a half years before I started to come around the actual local scene, mm-hmm. because I just didn't. Mm-hmm. It was I just, it was it was weird on how to break in because I was, well, it was here. just different. Yeah, I, yeah my yeah. first few months, Larry Lancaster knew me, Larry um, Lawrence Owens knew me, a lot of those guys knew me already. Teddy Carpenter, I, I've seen Ray Diva years ago up and down the road, like like we've we've been road dogs, like we've mm-hmm. been on the road doing shows. So a few of the Heavy hitters here helped me get into Magoobies, helped me get into the factory before I was even on the local scene. Yeah, yeah. But I just knew it was a scene because from, from time to time, I would be walking downtown or going places and I would see like, like, like you know, just a show going on. Mm. And I would just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how do I not, like, how do I not know? I'm like, what's going on? So yeah. I just created it. Well, that's that. that uh, you're, you're, I mean, that's completely going along with mm. what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, when you go to a city where people go to, what you have is a city of wave riders, I think. There's people that go there because there's something going on. They want to be a part of it. A, a true, mm. in your words, hustler would go to a city like Baltimore and be like, yo, this is a place where you could make the wave. You could Establish be the throne is for the yeah. taken. Like, th- this is like a place where you could come to and be the guy who does shit like that. You know, it's the same thing in any art. You look at rap. And Especially one guy, if you have good intentions. Yes. Yeah. And here... For me, I came from a professional, yeah. more of a professional mainstream, and because Wednesday nights wasn't no whore, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, like Wednesday nights at Apollo, I've seen people booed off, I've seen people cry, I've seen people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've seen some crazy shit, but mm-hmm. to be able to survive from that, and then I have to do mainstream, and then after, like I was used to performing in all types of settings, so to come here and realize that the scene was back then, for those of y'all, like the scene was so segregated. Mm-hmm. But now I think it's a great thing. Everybody loves mm-hmm. having mixed audiences now because you know the value in being able to see, t- being able to know that you can make oppositional audiences enjoy the same material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, not even oppositional, but just like different demographics. Or yeah, like, great. Yeah, yeah. Even just, like, way. Yeah. just to be like, oh shit, this works everywhere. Perfect. Like, no, we're showing the world a different view. As opposed to the news just showing negativity, mm-hmm. we're showing us sitting here without mask on, clean, safe, having a great conversation. Black, white, brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember talking to my yeah. cousin, uh, Nick. He's a big fan of comedy. And he, he lives up in Bel Air. And um, he, he'll go down to McGooby's and when, he, when it's a comedy, when it's a comedian coming mm-hmm. through that he's like into. And we were at Easter or something talking. And he was like... He was like, "Yeah, man, I, I, I love comedy. I just don't feel like there's like a scene in Baltimore." And I was like, "Dude, there is, there is a scene. Like, you got to come out to me with like the shows." But, but the thing is, it's like there is that scene in Baltimore, but it doesn't. It's, it's not. There's no awareness of it. It's like I didn't. I wasn't aware until Eric started doing it. We both, we both decided <laughs> we were gonna do stand up comedy. Eric did it. I fucking didn't. And like, mm-hmm. like watching that shit and seeing like him go into that culture, I was like, "Yo, I, didn't, I would have had no fucking clue this shit was that, going though, on." Because. Yeah. Everybody thinks that it's supposed to be like New York in a sense where New York has kind of branded itself as like so many other places benefit from the things that have been accomplished in New York City. Mm -hmm. So you go there expecting to find comedy and you will. Mm -hmm. And let me be real here. If you simply Google Baltimore comedy show. Fuck your friend. Because you know what I'm saying? You can find tons of shit on the immediately. 
So mm-hmm. I think that what well, people... Well, now at least. If he said that 10 years ago, then I would have been like, oh, okay, maybe. I just think... I think but it was more like... That, if he dude, said that in the last... Dude, six years ago, when I went to, with Jimmy to a music open mic to mm-hmm. sign up to do comedy, that and he was going to sign up to do music... And I went into the bathroom after signing up, and I was just, like, freaking out. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God. And on the way out of the bathroom, I saw a poster for a comedy open mic. And that was literally the only time I knew that there was a comedy open mic within, like, 100 miles of yeah. me. Well, it's, it's not I like... crossed my name off the, of the music correct, open correct mic. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. In the past few years in the scene, I feel like that's it's changed true. tremendously. Well, I, I think... I, I see what you're saying, and, and I think that there's a certain aspect of... When you have a product, for instance, like, I always get annoyed. Like, you ever meet somebody who's like, yo, follow me on Instagram, I'm at this... And then, oh, follow me on Twitter, I'm at underscore this. And it's like all different shit. And it's like, it's like, dude, it yeah. all comes down to making it as easy as possible for anybody who's interested to find you. Like, right. yo, if make you can... your socials all, all like solid, like all yep. the shit across the board. Like, yo, you follow me at this. Yeah, on Mike, was just, Mike was just saying that. And um, I definitely have comedian Ivan Martin for all my shit, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And that was just subconsciously being professional. Because you need to make it as easy as possible. You can't, you can't. So, like, a person like my cousin, like, he, he likes comedy he mm-hmm. loves comedy he'll go to a comedy show if it's somebody that he's heard of but you know he's raising a kid and he's doing other shit and he doesn't necessarily have the time to sit there and fucking research the comedy scene and try to guess which open mic is actually good versus which open Look, mic isn't good if he good. wanted to find a specific type of porn he would go to google and type it in and a search result would come true. up and he would type the first one and get exactly that's what he true wants. but that's a primary he, necessity no, of okay, a let me, great, no, but let me go back to though <laughs> if he was to say baltimore comedy open mic tonight and type that in he would the same exact thing would happen so I I, yeah. I get what he is kind True. of saying because in certain I'm not saying it's not doable because I could at the same way I, as an artist I could be like yo if you really wanted to find my music you could type my name in to the search bar and you could find out that I'm this on Spotify and this on that and you could do your research and figure it out but it's like that's not what a person living their everyday life they're not concerned with you or me or anybody else they're concerned with like yo if you can figure out a way to squeeze yourself into my life to the point where I'm like yo I yeah. can actually fuck with this like as an as a producer right. of content it's your job to bring it to them it's not their job to come to you yeah and so you have to have a mentality where it's like look if there's people that are on the outskirts of the baltimore metropolitan that are not aware of the scene that's that's your fault that ain't their fault um but no mm-hmm. buts i feel like it's accessible if i want to if i'm in any maybe because that's how i look for information i go to google yeah. i type in what i want and i get what i want mm-hmm. and i'm just trying to say if you're in Baltimore and you want to see a comedy show, it is not hard to find. All you, you have know, to do is go to Google and type in Baltimore Comedy Show and you will find, you will be able to have access to it. Now, is, is it like New York? No. And the reason why is because you expect that. So you can't put the New York expectations of knowing that you can expect to find a comedy show in Baltimore, where you feel like when you're walking out and about and you're just walking, you should be able to find a comedy mm-hmm. show. When the truth is, you actually can. And that's why I love this fucking city. Because it's easy to find and you can walk past it and not even know. All of our comedy spots are tucked off and hidden right in blind sight. Yeah. We have four open mics on North Avenue. Like before <laughs> before this week, like just like even to even right now, there's three open mics. Going on in the city on Wednesday night, you know what I'm saying? But, but the, I'm just trying yeah, to say, yeah, yeah. You, every single location, 
You can walk past Joe Squared and not know there's a hundred and something people downstairs running shit right now. But you that, can walk past Motorhouse and not know there's a hundred and something people in the theater right now. Yeah. You can walk past um, um, North Avenue Market. And if you don't look at it from the right angle, you're not going to know. But if that, you can walk past the crown, you're not going to know. So I love that our scene is tucked off, but it's everywhere. That's the charm and the downfall. That's why it's Charm City, dude. That's why they, it's charming because if you know where to go for what you want to find, you see the beauty. But if you're a person who's coming from out of town, going to Baltimore, and you don't have somebody from Baltimore to show you where to go, you're not going to find it. You're going to go I downtown like Baltimore. I, I what the fuck's that. going on down here? I kind of like that. You like it, I but know, also... I like that, too. It's kind of like, if you're supposed to know, you will. And if you don't, I don't want you to fucking know. But you're not supposed yeah. to know. And so, so <laughs> you know? I guess my main point I'm getting kind at... kind of charming. My main, yeah. my main point I'm getting at is that when you were talking about how you came to Baltimore and you noticed that the, 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 the vibe of people that you talked to was this very authentic vibe and things like that. And you were saying, I hope Baltimore never loses that. Any city, every city, I believe, starts off like that. And at a certain point when people start to catch on, once it becomes, it's like when you hear so a song that nobody I else has heard. So it's not a downfall that these, you said if somebody from out it's of town, not a downfall. I don't want all you out of town motherfuckers coming in with your out of town perspectives. <laughs> but that's also what holds us back from popping off in the mainstream is what I'm saying. If that's your goal. I think that that was, curved, that, that was curving. And I think that was about to happen Without all of this, we had a very all of our talent, music wise, on the hip hop side was going to uh, JPEG Mafia. Like, like I mean, come on, Abdul Ali was going, Butch Dawson was going. We had like two other people. We had like five. We had a crew going to South by Southwest about the rep. That was yeah. going to change things. That was going to be mm-hmm. crazy. And then after that, mm-hmm. this year there well, were also big... the documentary me and Joey worked on a little bit for uh, TT the artist. That exactly. Was play South by Southwest that, too. That was come on, bro. We were going to have a film at South by Southwest, artists at South by Southwest, and then after that, the things that we had and so just on the comedy scene, we were revving up and revving up and revving up and like all I was hearing before this was out of town comics coming in saying I heard it was a scene here. Am I? I'm, like, I'm being <laughs> no, honest. True. I mean, that's like, yeah. I mean, that's like what I think. So that the was ha- it was happening. That too. We were getting it done without having to sell our souls. There, I'm not saying you have to sell your soul, but there is an attitude in Baltimore. Having grown up here my entire life, living in Towson, which is right on the border of the county. And yeah, and the city. from my perspective, I may have way more hope. No, being, no, no, being no, from no, the outside no, looking. No, I, I have hope too. I, I completely have hope. But what I'm saying is, there's an attitude in Baltimore, which is, oh, you're from you're from Towson, you're from this place. You can't say you can't claim Baltimore. Like there's that very like city county shit where you're like, oh yeah, you can't. Oh, you say you're from Baltimore, you can't say that. Mm. It's like there's an attitude in Baltimore that that like is is, is emblematic mm. of what you're talking about, which is like, oh, if you're supposed to know, then you'll know. But it's like if you want shit to catch on to people, it's like you got to understand that like not everybody who is going to be a fan of comedy is going to be the person who's going to go in and oh, I need to find comedy and find those charming spots. And you need to bring it to those people. And I what don't I think, want that person at my show. But what I think is interesting is that that's what you've kind of brought to this scene even though you're you're arguing against it, which is like what you did with the Baltimore you're Comedy like Festival. Subconsciously, I've kind of blown it up. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like well, it's you've made it more accessible for people to know. I think. I think I, so. I, I agree with what you're saying 110%. But that's and what you're I, doing, is what I'm saying. And I agree with you. I'm just trying to say subconsciously. <laughs> I didn't even... My goal... But I think that's the good part My about goal it. was to try to... My goal was to try to show 60 to 80 comedians from outside of a 100-mile radius. Let them know how dope our shit is here. And subconsciously, over time, you reach about 150 people. And... Over time, I guess that did end up happening. Yeah. So now, mad people do know, and it's not a secret anymore. Yes. So, like you know, I don't. 
hopefully and subconsciously, I don't end up doing anything. Like only positive things come from us being able to expose our charm to people. Well, that's what I think is the most beautiful thing is what you're talking about is that there's not there doesn't have to be a binary of either we keep this shit closed circuit and we all stay true to ourselves and authentic or we try to break out and pop off and do shit in other cities and get people attracted to it but in order to do that we have to fucking sell our souls and, and sell out and, and be not who we are. I don't think that's a thing that I didn't do. That that also has a huge part of why I run the festival the way that I do. Exactly. That's you know what, what that's what I'm saying. You literally what I think is so interesting is that you are you're you are consciously going at it as like I love the scene here. I want to preserve that type of charm that we have in this. Correct. But subconsciously, mm-hmm. you're trying to bring that charm and and promote it to more people. Yeah. But consciously, you don't even realize that's what you're doing. Correct. It, it just all has good intentions. <laughs> I'm trying right. to. And that's the it's, most beautiful it's thing. Almost like if you know you and your friends have the have have an Atari, but you don't <laughs> want everybody to play with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just want everybody to kind of know that you got one, and you only let certain yeah, you people flex. Yeah, you don't want to flex, but you kind of you know you kind of want to be like, hey, we got an Atari, y'all. Like we're the shit. Like like we like, like we read, like. From time to time, you can come over and play with yeah, us. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If the but, moment strikes, yeah. yeah if we'll everything works out, you know, you can come over and play with us. But other than that, we don't loan our Atari out. <laughs> we don't. We're, we're good playing with ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also want mad motherfuckers that are worth it. And and when I say worth it, I mean it means something when you see what we've created here. You 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 with the Baltimore Comedy Festival have done something, and, and it's a it's an ongoing thing in the comedy scene in Baltimore that I've heard from Eric and other people around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That in Baltimore, in the music industry, which I'm more familiar with, and in the comedy scene, you see it a lot. There's people that in smaller cities that they don't really have an outlet. They try to prey upon people for what they can get out of them. So like you have a booker who's like, they're not concerned about the actual overall product of the show. They're concerned with... Mm. Okay, can I book yeah, this guy, this, this guy, tickets, this, sell this many tickets, band. the quick hit, what can I get out of it? Agencies that will book you anywhere, it doesn't matter if it makes sense to book you at this venue or that venue, they don't care, they just want that 15% commission, that's what they care about. What you guys brought to the scene is you guys had the free submissions, and you guys were working off of not, how can we make money, how can we do this, it's how can we take the product that our city has to offer and put it out to the fucking world. You hit it right on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's what that's what the city and hey, needs. T-shirts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, t-shirts. t-shirts I want to say, by the way, even though this year is kind of a fluke, this is the third fucking year in a row I'm not on the fucking comedy festival. Oh my gosh. Oh no, no, no. Every Wait, no. year. No, no, no. Every no, year. You're going to be on this year. No, I'm trust be me. Because, uh, trust me, it's, it's happening. You uh, got it. Right, there right, don't worry about it. Is but, there something uh, happening this year? Yeah, there is, man. We, we, he was telling me a little bit about we're, it. Go we're, on, we're, dude. We're, we're, uh, tell me about this shit. Yeah, tell we, Eric uh, about it while we, I take a piss. We got some... Uh, you got to cut this part out of the podcast. Then. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, then. man. But um, we got some. We got some. We got a little surprise coming, man. Just something to encapsulate things and uh, continue to have us have a festival and have something for people to enjoy and come out to. So it's coming. And it's one of those things, unlike the festival... Um, it's done. It's, it's it's it needs to be accomplished on a chronological basis. So once I get to step seven, then I can put it out and say, "All right, this is going to be done by this time, and everybody should be able to come and enjoy this." And these are all the comedians that uh, represent our scene. And there's way more, you know, what I'm saying um, that you haven't even seen. So, yeah, man, we Baltimore Comedy Festival. Um, this Corona thing. Let's get it. Didn't stop us. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna continue to to thrive and make it happen. But yeah, man, I mean. Thank you, Jimmy, for bringing that to my attention. I didn't even think of it like that. But yeah, 
while trying to expose us to everybody, I also do not want to expose us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that it's not sense. a thing of like... It's like, while also trying to expose us to everybody, I also don't want to expose us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, still, I also it's want still, to... You're still treating it like it's a secret club or some shit, but it's like... But at this point, like... The, and that's why this year was going to this year was going to be bigger. This year was exactly. going to be that yeah, year yeah. where it was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like we, we, we were, and that's what's been happening. We were just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But over time, we've continued to um, collectively hold our charm together. You know what I'm saying? The festival always embodies us to the fullest, and I and I never wanted to lose that niche where where it feels like a regular night in Baltimore. And we're just showing people how dope our shit that's is. Why, yeah. That's why Baltimore, I described it earlier, as an underdog city. If you notice, like, we, you know, we have the Orioles, we have the Ravens and shit like that. And, like, no matter when the Ravens go to the Super Bowl, no matter what kind of team we have, there's always this mentality in Baltimore. It's like nobody expects us to win. There's always that thing about people from Baltimore where it's like nobody wants us to win, nobody expects us to win, you know? And that's, that, that, that's what I'm talking like about. It's the like the new Knicks. Ex- yeah, 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 yeah. It's like there's crazy. something about Baltimore culture that is so ingrained in that aspect of like nobody, nobody gives a fuck about us. But the and Ravens are dope, though. The Ravens See, are dope. Yeah, the Ravens are dope. But well, we now they are. And I'm so glad Jay said that because once again, subconsciously, on another end, even though I've been living here, this is my uh, decade we don't have here a right team here in Virginia. So many. True. So many cities. You got the Redskins, aka the the football team. <laughs> the way I believe see it or not, people in Virginia close. don't claim that. <laughs> yeah, it takes them three hours to get to the stadium. So yeah. who you guys root for? The Panthers? They don't have That's a team. That's what I'm saying. It's different. Nobody nah. fucks with <laughs> any football at all. You guys got to have a team. We down like there. the Redskins, the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys. Who else? Just Is it the more two like opposite sides football? of the wars, dude? It's just no, different you people. Think of it like though. this, man. Um, that area is comprised. It's called the Hampton Roads area. It's comprised of seven different cities. Right. All those seven different cities have three different military-based branches on it. So a huge population of that area, people aren't even from there. Yeah, so yep. they all have their own team. Melting pot, just a mixture mm-hmm. of people. Everybody walk around. Oh, so who is your team? You know, different jerseys, hats. It's just a thing we do. We huh. have sports stores. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah. I always assumed Virginians were were skins nope. fans. Nope, nope, you know, nope. because I tell you what, dude, you go, you go. About twenty miles south of the Beltway in Baltimore, and that's Redskins territory. Yeah, but in, I'm just saying in Maryland. In Maryland, that's Redskins. I mean, you you talk to a I'm kid from saying. Columbia, and it's fifty fifty. It's crazy. I'm just saying at the end yeah. of the day, people fuck with Baltimore heavy, and that's why I think, and that's why I knew we were so we are so like we're, we like that point and still now like we, but we was even back then we were so fucking dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The scene was so eclectic and diverse and everybody was getting along and fucking with each other and Well, I mean like was... even way way back, it's like Martin and Patton Oswalt and like a bunch of other heavy yep. hitters coming out of like literally Baltimore. Like yep. they would do the factory and shit. Yep. And it's like I knew if I I knew people had a I knew people knew that we had way more to offer than The Wire. But also, it's like people in the back of their mind was like, is it like The Wire? Well, you know, it's like, no, so no, no. It's just the most Everybody knows reference. about that song 
Watch out for the big girls. Watch out for the big girls. Watch out for the big girls. That is one <laughs> yeah. of the top Baltimore 10 club, club songs music. in the entire world. Probably. And you met bro that made it, right? Yeah, Wait, where, where'd, you, hold on, where'd, where'd you meet him at? Where, where'd right I at the motor house. Who'd I, who'd I, who'd I hooked that up for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got an interview with him. Just plugged it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Plug it up. Plug just, it up. Just, just plug that up. Yeah. Plug it in. I didn't even. I didn't. I've heard. I've heard this song all my life. Being from Florida, because uh, Florida Miami base is very. Like has a strong connection to a Baltimore house, believe it or not, mm-hmm. from back in the day. Well, like all the shit, like New Jersey shit, like a bunch of the like cities like that, like they all mm-hmm. kind of have the same shit, but it's a little bit different based on yeah. where they are. But that 808 sound, but long story short, I say all that to say, I didn't even know, and I, I knew this, but I didn't, I knew it, but it didn't make the connection as much as I make connections with samples and stuff like that. That uh, WAP, the new song, the Cardi B joint, that's um, an artist from Baltimore. Really? Oh, that, that's a that's one of the that mm. was the that was I heard of that song before I heard Watch Out for the Big Girl. Mm. I heard hmm. this first house song. This was popular in the nineties. The there's some holes in this house. There's some hey. holes in this house. There's some Hell yeah. That's what that mm. same beat. Yeah. That same beat is over Watch Out for the Big Girl, right or wrong? It's just the different lyrics. Watch out for the big girl. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, you're right. So to me, that was the first watch out for the big girl. So it's so crazy that that song is number one and top. I'm like, like top charting and all other type of shit. Yeah, wow. And that artist made that oh, from Baltimore. Right. Frank yeah. Ski, yeah, right? But here's Frank the key. here's the other thing though. If I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Frank here's the Frank other Frank thing. And I think this could be a metaphor. Maybe not. Let me double check. All right. So I mean, if we're also talking about old Baltimore music. We got to talk about Cisco. <laughs> 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 Let me see that So he went to high school here. Uh, he's, he, got a, yeah, he's from Baltimore. Well, there's a fudge factory at the Inner Harbor that their claim to fame is that he used to work there and sing <laughs> while making fudge. fudge. Oh wow! <laughs> Cisco used to sing like fudge at the fudge no, he, Yeah, he says that. He says that all the time. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, neighborhood Druid Hill—that's the lake they would uh, sing at. But isn't that? Isn't yeah, it was that, Frank Ski. Yeah. But here's the thing: only you know that. Only so many people know that, and that's a, like okay. I'm gonna bring baseball into this. Everybody knows that around the world because people have been posting about that. Like we're we're from time to time we get we get we start trending for the weird like for the coolest weird shit. But that's yeah. how I found out about it. Somebody ain't even from here was like, oh y'all killing really? it. Yeah. So that could be a generational thing too, because I was fucking five when that shit came out. Exactly. That yeah. is oh we I think I think it's also generational. We were definitely well. around for like Baltimore Club music. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember people bringing that shit to like the eighth grade pool party. They bring like a mixed CD of Baltimore Club music and shit. That'd be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you start seeing kids dancing. So what does the sound like now in the clubs? Like very similar still. Different, different Oh, in the clubs now? Yeah, what's man, well, so oh gosh. So like last it year, sounds like JPEG not, Mafia mixed with because I'm trying to mm-hmm. say what the crown says. Help me out. Air, air, air. Yeah. I, I mean, would say like, it's more so like, like JPEG Mafia well, mixed with a little bit of also kind of like like because Rico Butch Nasty was like PG County, so like there's like a bunch of like hmm. newer female artists in that same vein of kind of just like not like the Cardi B type of like woman empowerment, but be more spitting. of like yeah, I'll just beat your ass. Yeah, <laughs> I will beat your fucking ass. Yeah, <laughs> up in this club. Who else? Yeah, uh, what's the boy that got the crazy freestyle? Well, he, and then like, skin dude, he from Columbia. He uh, not Logic. Logic. Oh, not Logic. No, no, no. Um, or whatever. Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. YBN. I think he dropped the YBN. YBN. Yeah, YBN. Corday. Yeah, he was dope. 
He was a freshman. Yeah, yeah. No, Did yeah. There's that? like and like the the dude IDK that's signed to uh, Dreamville. I think is from oh he Maryland. from out here. Yeah, yeah. Right, I met him at the Scope show. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's so many people that are from here that you just don't know are from here. Well, yeah, like, and you brought up fucking Logic earlier. I remember, like, Scott, our friend Scott, like, playing Logic mixtapes, like, right after high school and being like, yo, he's, he, like, went to, like, College Park for a little bit. Like, he's from uh, wherever, Montgomery and he's County. I know he and looks shit. white, but he's black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. You're just gonna claim him like that, dude? I'm taking him back, dude. I'm taking him back. <laughs> well, shit, even, like, DJ he's Carnage the, and shit. He's and, the like, number one rapper that I, that I feel like let trolls get to him. Who logic? Like he, yeah, uh, he didn't need, he didn't bit, need to yeah. listen to what people said. He also got he a little weird about spitting. dude. But it's, it's dude. You got to at least admit. You got to at least admit that like, dude, being a white rapper is definitely a totally people, different sorry. fucking situation, dude. Like, there's gonna be especially especially when you know you're part black. Yeah, <laughs> man, fuck all that. I don't mm-hmm. even know. But true, but. he didn't have to let it get to him. <laughs> yeah, but also, man. he also dealt with a lot of fucking shit. That, I agree. I agree. I'm just trying that to say a lot of rappers would not have had to deal with if they had the same skill or anything like that. Yeah. I don't, give a I don't fuck. know about that. Yeah, but, well, yeah, uh, I was, that was from my his best upbringing way. of him, his mom, you know, in. He well, just, yeah, his yeah. like parents were addicts and shit, and yeah. like so are tons of black rappers. At yeah, the end yeah, of the yeah. day, if you want to do this shit, it's gonna people are gonna pick on you. No, you're right, you're right. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm, I'm just, just saying. trying to say that. I just wanted to bring up the Joe Budden thing, where like Joe Budden was like apparently trashing him on his podcast. Joe Budden's been trashing him for years. Like that's yeah, why he's yeah. been wow, bullied. Bro, over logic the, is dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for you to be bullied, you. But have like Logic to... came out recently when his new album came out, and mm-hmm. it was like I said thought about quitting. suicide because of Joe Budden. What I'm trying to say at the end of the day is. If you're gonna do something, just fucking do it. Like people are gonna pick on you, and rap is definitely Eight Mile is built off of people picking on Eminem the whole yeah, movie. Right, yeah. right. That's uh, that's why my favorite. You cannot bitch. be a white rapper and not get picked on and think oh, yeah. that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's almost frustrating well, because it's like I want to like you. But I don't want to like. I don't want to admit I'm a fan of somebody that's being bullied. Because now I gotta defend you, and you're being. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't be in the right hip hop circle and be like, "You heard that new logic?" Like, no. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. then everybody's gonna start bullying me, and I gotta <laughs> act like you now. Because what am I going like? When you're a fan of any rapper, the same way when you're a fan of any wrestler, yeah, the you same go way, down. You treat for it like him. a baseball. You card. go down for him. And it's like when somebody else puts down a bigger baseball card, you just have to shut the fuck up. Yeah, you know, someone so just says the suicide hotline number because it's a logic song to you. <laughs> dude, but that was him selling out, bro. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That yeah. was him selling out, dude. When I see shit like that, like when I saw like Macklemore do what he did, like, dude, Macklemore, before he fucking blew up, was pretty dope. Like, I fuck with him. And then he came out with all that fucking bullshit. Thrift shop mm. was hot as shit. And it was hot, but he was like good. went a different direction with it because I feel like he was pushed to do it. I agree. Right. He was pushed to do it. He went a different direction. From your perspective, like, knowing this type of back-end shit, does that happen? Like, do they sit these artists down in rooms and reformat them and shit? No, nah, but when you think about it, I feel like... I mean, it's kind of like... It's like math for everything, right? Where yeah. it's like, that shit worked, and you're like, let me try to figure out the... Reverse engineer this formula... Templates, To yeah. get that shit again. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, I feel like every project that I did over the years was a trial run. And I look at, okay, what did I do right? What worked? What didn't work? And each time I do a project, I bring that skill to that one. And 
<laughs> this last project just was crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't even know where I was going with that. But so, at the end of the day, I was just trying to say, like, is it that, is it, are labels that manipulating to artists? So what it is, is you have the, the artist and you have the producer, right? And then you have the A&R. The A&R is pretty much the bridge between, say, the label and the artist. Mm-hmm. So what the, is, there, is there a job just to be like, yeah, this sounds good. This will be popping. Or is it like... That's the A&R. Okay, but that's like their whole job. That no, shit's not, like really, not really. Not really. I they, feel like it's a lot more involved. Yeah, of course, because they work with the labels. And the labels are the ones that's connected with the brands. The brands are the ones that's going in the videos. And so, hey, we need this because this brand needs this tempo you know this sound this is the this is the new clothing piece that is being marketed is that's what it's about mm-hmm. yeah pretty much and so it's not necessarily somebody sitting you down in a room and being like you need to do this but it is that pressure i feel like when you when you have a hit and then you try to like eric said reverse hey, engineer it huh can i get a spliffy yeah. I need something. and like you, you roll them so nicely. You want me to get this? Yeah. I know you're good. Oh. But, but uh, Dave Chappelle <laughs> had a great bit about that in one of his, uh, not the most recent special, but um, I want to say cigarette. like a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, here you go. No, no. I was just, I you don't want to fucking cig, bro? I'm rolling him a cigarette right now. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. All An right, Eric cigarette, right. please. And he was talking about how, like, you know, the, the females that were coming out about stuff. I don't know why I just said females. Oh, wow. You a dick. <laughs> I, I don't know why I just said that. It There's nothing wrong because you're an adult. I'm an adult. Because you're the an women. Gentleman. The women. I don't like when people say females. I feel like that's annoying. A little really? bit. A, a little bit. It's a little bit. like patronizing a little bit. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Shit. Damn. Well, I mean, well, I, I don't I think, think about it that way, but I, when I, I say it. I think it was just like the... T- like he, he didn't mean to say it, but then it was also the tone he said it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. female. I feel like at that moment you were like, uh, "Was isn't it's not not Mark Norman, Norm McDonald, whatever?" When he got the in trouble, ladies. then he came out and was like, "You know, females, right?" No, I don't know. I, I don't know why I said it like that, but. Regardless, <laughs> when he was talking Almost about, because I because I knew what I was about to say, I didn't really know how I wanted to say it. I knew so that's I was, exactly yeah, what I was happened. Like, I so you know how I want to say something it. you didn't want to yeah, say. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Next time, just say what you want. to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. What I'm getting at is like when he's talking about the women that are talking about how like oh like he did this and that like that pushed me out of the industry and and he said something very real, which is like then you got a weak spirit because you're gonna fucking deal with that shit. Like when we were, I was when I said that earlier, you guys, I don't know about that, and it's true because mm-hmm. like you got a guy like Logic who is perceived as a white guy. And he's obviously going to be bullied in the industry because he's a white rapper. And that's, that's some hurdles you got to fucking cross because there's always going to be that criticism. And he let, it, he let it get to him. He let I, it get to him. I've never been bullied in comedy at all. I have. But also in comedy, it's different because like. No, we, we know is, people that get bullied. Yeah, true. But I mean, like, if but you're, they want to get bullied, so it's, and it's almost like being bullied. That's like, like, that's like a different. Stick. So yeah, that's different. You're no, talking you're about right, like yeah. someone with like a handicap. I'm yeah. saying not in not in that sense. I'm saying in like golf. Uh, we were like, but oh, also God. In he like, said something he didn't mean. Disabled comedian. I just mean like they're working with some other shit. If we're talking like stock player comic like who like probably should start doing it and then they get into it it's not like bullying is replaced with kind of like just riffing with each other yeah, and, like, yeah just fucking around and like you you still get some of the venom out but it's still pretty playful it's like when fucking puppies are like biting each other and, and also that's like, oh, how you prove yourself fun. as a comedian because if you can't if you can't go into yeah, a circle of comedians and get time. ripped on for your mm. shit 
That's one time I had like um, I like this is notorious in comedy, not being uh, paid, and I think that's notorious everywhere. But you get past a certain point in your career and you start beginning to get paid, not because of anything else, but you're good enough now. But when you're not, yeah. you don't demand pay, and I don't think you should be getting paid. We're learning this, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But long story short, I remember I was booked at a club one time, and this dude was just notorious for not paying people, mm-hmm. and he tried to not pay me, and I had to just like, like wait there by the back door. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just put my. I remember exactly what I did. Like just I just waited I, by his car with a no, pen. I just put my chair by the because they locked the front doors and he and always leaves out the back. <laughs> so after the All show, right, Rota, you just sign it. After the show, I just got a chair and just sat by the back door and like people were mopping up and just politely just waited and like he just. He when he walked past me, he tried to walk past me without saying nothing. He was like, "All right, man, break set," and I was like, "Hey." Um, like I'm pretending on, to be singing on, on the song. money. <laughs> yeah, and no, then after that, he was like, oh, you ain't get paid yet? And you know what I'm saying? I try to, you know, you got to be like, okay, Rob, you know what I'm talking about. No. Rob from the Virginia house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> you remember? I'm okay, sorry. okay. I don't remember the parties? Yeah. Secret time. Secret time. Don't worry about it. Because I don't. Anyway, because I don't know. Long story short. Long story short. He just wasn't trying to pay. But he paid me. And then he gave me the worst gig I've ever had in my life. And I don't know if that was like. And then after that, then he booked me to open up for Kevin Hart. And that's actually like. That's like the first time. It was crazy. But I did a gig that was so bad. Somebody handed somebody asked me to hold potato salad, like that's hold how. It? Yeah, somebody was just like, just hold this potato. Salad. Like this is how it happened. <laughs> I know you're like, how did this happen? Like as a prop? No, no, like, listen, don't listen. You're not doing anything with your hands. Listen. You can hold this for <laughs> hold me. This potato salad. Real quick. Right, he quick. he he was like one of the first people that thought of like bus ideas, like busing people. But he would bus people from one bad city to another, so it went like crazy. Like you weren't going from nowhere great. So we would like he would bust you from like Newport News, <laughs> Dundalk to Glen Burnie, baby, bring it on through. To like an hour and a half to another comedy club, <laughs> to the one he yeah to, to another comedy club, what? like an hour and a half away. So Was he, he getting a cut of this or like, yeah yeah because he okay, owned he yeah, owned, yeah. one of his comedy clubs got shut down. So he would just like <laughs> so he had the extra money laying around apparently. So he so he had another comedy club like an hour and a half away and would be taking people there. So no lie, and like to this day, like yo, if I don't give a fuck nobody say he always paid me. So thank you very <laughs> much, man. You know what I'm saying? I hope everything's great in your life. But anyway, long story short, uh, he tried to not pay you. No, I got paid for this upfront. I learned by then. Okay. So like yeah, uh, sure. but it was like <laughs> it was terrible. So we get to, it's a show. It was he was like I thought I'm thinking I'm performing at the comedy club when we get there. He wants me to tell jokes on the bus ride there. Ah, uh, come on. So people are on the bus for that fucking big go. Yo, people on the bus passing chicken back and forth, talking (laughs) music. That's just a misunderstanding of how speaker boxes works. Everything like that. Like I'm not trying to say that no, like like. I suck. I mean, it's no also. Com- I'm so, so, it's also. Uh, so I felt like that. I felt. I'm not trying to say no comedian paid, would be able right? to kill that. Hell yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. So, it's but like, it's nothing like just eating a dick, and then after that, having to sit for another hour with these people. <laughs> so, like after eating a dick, the and I had to do it over the bus driver, like in the front, over the thing that the bus driver talks over. So, wow. <laughs> so 
the little curly cord like going up to the motherfucking joint. So I'm talking on the bitch and I'm trying to do my jokes and you know shit just ain't coming keeps out. Brushing it's off not your face. coming out right. The curly cord keeps yeah, hitting your nose. Bruh, <laughs> going when I had out. to pass it, when I had to put the cup, I was done. I tried to put the mic back myself and the bus driver was like, whoa, 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 get to me, son, get to me now. Uh, and then he was like, "Give me that mic." Give me. He, he had it in his hand. Like, give he, me he, he killed. He killed. You were gonna drop the, the mic. The bus driver tried to do a little time. I was like, "Give me that mic. Give me that mic, now, bud. Give me that mic, bud." Y'all sit down give now. Yeah, yeah. So after that, he hangs the mic up, and I sorry, just, all the windows are painted shut. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can open. I didn't even want to go back to <laughs> next my stop's seat. gonna be News Brunswick. Uh. <laughs> News you know, Brunswick. <laughs> you know, I tried to sit after that. I tried to sit on the steps that you get onto the bus. <laughs> you tried to hide behind the yeah, little barrier. Yeah, like I tried to just sit seat. there and just chill. And he was like, "Nope, not going." And he could have tapped me and said, "Hey, just get back there," but yeah. he didn't. Go to the he green room. He picked up the mic again. The and it was like, "Now you gotta get on up in your seat, boy." Nah. And then everybody saw. So I like, got up. everyone behind the yellow line. <laughs> Sir, get behind the yellow <laughs> sir, line. Sir, I'm talking so I to you. Up, I get up and I sit right behind him, right? Because I ain't want to mingle with people enough. The front of the bus, the ultimate yeah, nerd. Right? Ultimate nerd. Right? So after that, somebody just comes up to me, this lady, and I thought she was going to say, you did all right, baby. Did it. But she just taps me. You know, an old lady taps. She got her nails done and shit. She taps you, you see. And uh, she just leans down. She goes, can you hold this potato salad? And I was like. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> What'd you think about the set? <laughs> she was like, you took, the, you took the potato salad seat. You got it. <laughs> no, I had to go to the go there, watch a good watch a well watch a well comedy show in a comedy club. And all the people in there were laughing and they looked at me like, why weren't you doing? I'm like, cause I wasn't in a room, I wasn't on stage. It was and then after that, I had to ride back. And the dude expected me to tell jokes on the way back. Oh, oh no, I didn't. God. I didn't. Oh, Jesus. Dude, well, you're wait, a- so it was like a bus trip to a comedy show yes. and then back? Yes. That's insane. Was it like a church thing? No. Or like That's the only like bus trips this I've been on This dude was before. a hustler. That's crazy. See, that's what they I'm talking they about. They didn't though. have that there. Yeah, no, they didn't care. no, that's what I'm saying. They didn't care about. But that, that also comes down to when you first start out in, in any industry, it's about understanding your value. Like I played some when I was younger, and I would play my, like my first shows at bars and stuff. Like I remember my first ever book show, I played a gig at um it was called the French Press. It's called Bread and Circuses now, and I was like, I was there. I, I, yeah, I was eighteen years old, <laughs> and I didn't even have Dude, a mic. A he pe- packed it out, packed it out, packed it the. But fuck also, out. all my friends were eighteen, so nobody could drink, so nobody was getting anything. I think one of my friends got a cheeseburger. I think the dude who was trying to bang the girl that I liked got a cheeseburger, <laughs> <laughs> and so they gave me that ten bucks at the end of the sh- at the end of the whole show. I played for three hours. I had probably like probably like fifty people in there. Small place, fifty people in there, mm-hmm. in and that's, out, that's nice. doing shit like Intimate. that. Yeah, cool. Didn't have a fucking microphone, or anything, just sitting there on a fucking bar stool playing stuff. People were listening, and at the end of the night, they Acoustic. were like, "Yeah, well, you did bring a lot of people in, um, but nobody got anything. So here's ten bucks." And, but but at the time. For me, at 18 years old, that was the first time I'd ever played music and made any money. So I was like, oh, okay. He gave me that 10 bucks, so it would be something. Yeah. Well, and then also, the like, it was kind of like your but, own fucking, not to say this like degradating or not, but like, it was your own talent show. It yes, was like, yes. it was like, I get to mm-hmm. fucking perform for all of my fucking friends yes. in a space. freshman because, year or whatever. Because and you're, fucking do it. you're taking what you think you bring to the table and you're bringing it to the table and you're seeing what you can get. 
you're, you're seeing like, where do I fit in this picture? And then as you progress, you start booking gigs and you're like, okay, I'll play for a hundred dollars. You know, my first gigs, when I started playing, I would play with a three piece band, yeah. me and two other guys, we would drive down to college park mm-hmm. and play at the loonies in college park. Take us two hours. We start at five. We played at eight. We'd have to drive through rush hour, two hour drive down there. And we would split $150 between the three of us, which I know in comedy world something. is like dope. But like, as you go forward, well, you're also doing like four hours. Yeah, sets. that's yeah. not yeah. dope. You're playing four hours. We're getting like fifty bucks for <laughs> yeah. like 10 20, minutes. Yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. We would play for three hours, and one time we showed up fifteen minutes late, and he was like, "Yeah, we're cutting fifty from that." So you had to split a hundred between the three of us, which Man. basically just didn't cover shit. And I got towed one time. So, <laughs> one time. And I got towed. Not even that. Damn. Like, fuck all that. Like, it just like my business mentor told me something a long time ago. He said, "People are gonna see you." And not just me, just you in the general sense. People see you and they assume you got a break. They assume somebody helps you get there. They assume, but nobody's ever going to think that you've been doing what you've been doing all this time. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's actually 110% true for me. My life has been 360 on just higher levels. Like, I start, like, and it's crazy because my first. It's a I didn't. I never watched The Wire t- that was until I, I never watched The Wire that. until after I moved here. So what's crazy is I had friends in the military, close friends that I would work with, that were from Baltimore, and that were from D.C. So I had a strong connection already to the D.M.V. area. You know what I'm saying? So it was weird. Years later. And I remember getting out of the Navy telling them, like, yo, I'm going to do comedy. And they was like, oh, man, nah, you ain't, because nobody knew I had already started doing comedy. It's like, oh, man, nah, you ain't, man, you ain't finna. And you want to hear something crazy? One of those people live in Baltimore now, and for the past, like, before Corona, started coming to Motorhouse doing comedy. Oh, shit. Isn't that some crazy shit? Can I was you like, say who it is or not? Yeah, it's Jamar Arrington. He's been on the show okay. and all that cool yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But long story, and he's funny, but long story short, it's crazy to be doing comedy on a cruise. They used to call it going out to sea. They used to call it a six-month cruise. It was a cruise, a naval term. But it wasn't a fucking cruise. It was a deployment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're doing a different yeah. type of cruise now. And yeah. now I'm booked on real cruise ships. Yeah. Like, man, you know what I mean? Times I done sat on the ocean and sat back in Jamaica and got a back rubbed and a slushy and cried <laughs> and what cried I thought, listening what I to Young Jeezy like in, my, in my headphones. You know what I'm saying? What I thought was so interesting about what you said there was you said your life has been 360 but on like another like it's higher like another levels. yeah higher levels and it's like a but it's, it's the like same a, thing you guys just said just find, a, sequence. Just find a, a template that it's works it's a spiral so it's basically like getting yeah. better you keep it. spiraling up and you get to a point where like yeah you're gonna hit your lows but all of a sudden you're gonna find that your lows where you're at are still higher than your highs were five years ago exactly. or something like that so like what I was yeah, getting at when I was you. explaining the whole like music thing when I played my first gig with $10 and then I played my next gig splitting 150 between three guys or $100 between th- three guys. Now you get to a point where you've established enough of rapport, you have enough places you can play where you walk into a now place you're and you're like, a comma. hey, we're going to give you 100 bucks and you're like, I can't play well, that. That's not a comma. But because you, know you have I mean. to, yeah, it's not a comma. But what I'm saying is like, you get to a point <laughs> you're where- You're going to get to the comma soon. You, you get to a point where all of a sudden that same kid, if you were to tell me, I'm going to give you 100 bucks to play here have when I was 19. Yet? Have you cried yet? Oh yeah, dude. Dude, I mean, like, just in general. No, yeah. like, like, I mean, like, after you get off stage, you're smoking a cig, you're out back, and you're like, man, I'm doing. I have done everything I wanted to do. 
I, I don't think at this juncture that I've done everything I wanted to do. All right. Well, when you do, just let I've it. I cried just, from lows. Oh, I mean, no. But like, see, oh, that's, see, that's, I didn't realize when that about myself. you cry from a high, tell Ivan. Uh, yeah, I will. I, 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 didn't, realize, I didn't realize that about different. Yeah, call me on that one. I didn't realize that about myself. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm never, so happy. I've never been that type of person that. Uh, I had one of those ones. And I've always realized why. Weird. I've always realized like. I've I've seen it and I've never I just didn't know like it was just like so I wasn't big on like like you know you cry over like you know like anger more so anger or emotion but yeah, never yeah. like over something negative happening or over something bad happening I wasn't I just never had that you connection. You never cried over relationships or anything? Yeah, mate. Hold on, because that's probably maybe. the only that's but, uh, the only thing I've cried about. <laughs> maybe I would like to like a chessboard really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, if, maybe. If, if, anything, if anything that, but I'm just trying to say like not too much over losing somebody or anything like because I cherish people when they're alive. Yes. Yeah. Like you can definitely say everybody in this room can definitely say there's been one moment where whether it was for five minutes or five seconds, I've made it clear to you you mean something to me. Mm-hmm. So, dude, no is a crazy yeah. thing that happened in at least our friend group. Is like five of you guys were in a car and it got in a really bad accident. And like for a second, we're like, oh shit, like what if one of our friends died? Mm-hmm. Like, and that was kind of earlier than most people, I feel like. That was kind of like, I don't know, at least like for 18, like 19, us. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It was just, it was weird to have someone that close to you, at least. But I say, I say all of that to say, when I realized, like, man, all this time, because I got to a point where comedy and producing events was, I realized that was my calling. And I realized, and working with youth and pro, like, I just realized, like, I never, it was never for me supposed to be a one career path or a one job. It was more so like a lifestyle that helped people and that performed and produced talent and art and all that dope. So it was like, I was doing it. And then after that, I realized it. And then after that, as it's happening, like I'm in a theater, 500 people. And, that, and now I'm like, yeah, man, you re- like subconsciously you realize you're doing everything you've ever wanted to do. But it takes a second because what happens is. is oh, it, it, does, it does take a second because what happens is you take out time realizing if, is this what you want? You well, know what you, have to, you have to and realize. And that's what I'm trying to say to you, yeah. Jim. That's what I'm really trying to say. Like, yeah. you're going to, you're on the road to getting there. It's going to be like 25% of the year podcasts, 25% of the year shows, 25% of the year girls, because you know how you are, Johnny Bravo, Johnny Bravo, 25% of the year. tonight. You know what I'm saying? You thought I forgot. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know what I'm saying? And like, when it's all together, you're going to be like, man, now, like, and then you're going to realize... I'm doing nothing but what I've been doing all this time, and, and and that's that's what I was getting at is is that it's it's a progression of things, and it, I don't think it really I don't I don't know if it really ever hits you all at once. There's certain times when you kind of step out of what you're doing, you realize like holy shit, like I'm so much further than I was two years ago because it's a gradual progression. You never even it's the same thing we were talking about earlier, right. where it's like when are we going to get back to normal from coronavirus? It's like it's not going to be like one day. You just wake up and everybody's just crowded in a bar, no masks, and it's back to normal. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be a slow progression to where you're like, oh, shit. I didn't even bother bringing out a mask today because nobody fucking asked me to. There's, you know? a, uh, there's a weird, like, uh, very old, like, Japanese style of performance art, which is, like, 
over a period of like three hours, someone will start from one position and end in a completely different position, but they do it so slowly that you don't even notice it mm. until they point it out. Yes. And it's Whoa. like, I think that applies to life in a certain way where it's just one. like, you're literally just like doing the same thing. You see it with fresh eyes every day and you don't even stop to think about like, wait, what was I doing yesterday? Yeah. And then you're just like where you are, where you are. And then you look back like, oh, shit, I was doing bullshit. Yeah, because like, everything literally is... Literally six months ago. Everything like, is <laughs> relative. Let me ask you something. So you never really necessarily understand... I think that's the problem with a, with an artist is that you never really actually... Unless you step out of what you're doing, you never really get to a point where you realize like, holy shit, I'm actually doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Because you're always in this mindset of like, mm-hmm. I need to do this next thing. Mm-hmm. I need to do this next thing. But you don't even realize mm-hmm. like if you took a step and, and you just pause for a second and look back and you're like, damn, this is how far I fucking came? Let me ask you a question. Right. As an artist, everybody here is one. Performing artist at that. What is the number one thing that you're afraid to ask for in the, in your industry realm? To ask for? Yeah. Like, or you're like, like, not afraid, and I don't mean like, in a, like afraid, I guess, uh, in fear of. Because it may be something you've never done or something you are insecure about or whatever it is. And for, I know for a fact, for me, I don't like and I'm afraid. I'm not afraid. I don't like asking for money. Yeah. Yeah, it feels weird. But well, we all are actual performing artists. There are so many. There's more grants available now than there's ever been, and we should be. Well, that's True. the problem. But I'm going to answer my question. No, what is you, it for no, you're you, right, though? You're right, right because you? I was waiting for you to give an example because I didn't quite know what you meant there, but I, I do now. And I would say it's probably the same for me as well. Like, like the idea, and that's what I was getting at earlier, the idea that at a certain point you get, you get to this place where you can, okay, so in the same way that I was fine with $10 then, and then I was fine with $30, and I was is fine with $50. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. fine. It's just uh, Adobe. It's just Adobe. Been remind, I've been clicking Shouts remi- out to Adobe. Shouts yeah, out I've to been, Adobe. I've been clicking Remind Me Later on Adobe for three years. Oh, shouts out <laughs> to everybody. Remind that's been, Me Later. Shouts out that's been clicking on Remind Me remind Later. Remind Me Later. Anybody's like, dude, three years. this shouts is out the to you. 75th, hundredth time I've reminded you later, dude. Will you just fucking do the update? <laughs> just update, please. It'll Jesus Christ. take two seconds. It was like seven updates ago at this I'm point. I'm going to turn that into a bit. Anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway. <laughs> It's difficult because as an artist, because you get to that point where, where when you're gradually progressing through your, your path and you never quite see how far you've come, it's difficult to assess your value in a monetary realm because everything that we're concerned with, I don't think when you're thinking about like, how can I come up with the next best bit or the next That's, best that song. That also has to do with good morality too. Because I know, and we all know people that are shit that be like, "Yeah, it's a hundred bucks." You're like, because, "What?" Because at the same time, because at the same time, I've gone into bars. Or is that them not being in fear? No, 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 you know? no, 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 well, no. You know no, what I'm no. saying? Because there's. But a, at the end of the day, that's also their. I mean, they just have a higher sense of worth, I guess. At yeah, that but point it could. But that also, like, that's your. That's your. It could be that's delusional. Your, that's your confidence exceeding your talent. It can be your talent yes. or your Achilles heel. It's a balance. It's mm. a tightrope walk because you have to bring yourself to. I've played gigs where people have paid me more than I thought I should have gotten. I played gigs where that's somebody never gave me a check to me. for three fifty, and I was like, I've been shocked Damn. at what people give me. But if you give me a million dollars, I'm gonna honestly feel <laughs> fine with it because I feel like that's what you feel like I'm worth. Well, that's true. true, but also it all comes down to your personal mindset. Go ahead, Jay. So look, I feel like at the end of the day, $100 to play a gig, but how many people were in the gig? 
Oh. 300 people, merchandise, you know. So you create your own value. Mm-hmm. But we, like but here's the thing. It's is it that, that we don't, that, like, uh, for myself personally, like, I never was into doing stuff like I never played like ticketed shows because it was like I never wanted to be the guy that was like telling people like, yo, you never wanted the money grab. You were way more about the I was just I always was like, look, dude, here's the deal. I'm playing here. It's going to be fun. Come out. It's free. Come in, get some drinks. They're paying me. I'm making the same money. If you want to fucking tip me, that's cool. But if you don't, that's fine, too. You want to get me a shot? It's fine. I've always enjoyed that aspect way mm-hmm. more than being like, yo, can you, here's a ticket, dude. You've got to pay in advance. If you pay in advance, it's 10 bucks. If you do it after 15, I never, I was, could never do that, you know? Right. And, yeah. and that comes down to... That's morality, though. But it, it, Really, it's another way to break down the math of an event, actually. Yes. If, yeah. like, say you have 10 comedians and they want to do a venue that costs $3,000, you, they they divide it amongst themselves, mm-hmm. add the marketing costs in there, and now you have 10 people that's a moving train mm-hmm. that wants to see this event successful. Yeah. Easy. But as, as an artist, you have to have the wherewithal, and that's the thing that I talk about, stepping outside of where you're going and just look at where you are and see where you've come to get to a point where you can say, okay, here's a deal, dude. Sick? Yeah. Here's a deal, dude. There's certain points where I've been in, in not conflicts. I never had conflicts about money, but there's certain points where I've had to fucking press for the money that I thought I deserved. Sit by the back door. I've essentially yes. I had that happen. I had, <laughs> just, especially just after politely co- wait and be like, you know, you have to pay me. Especially after Corona, I've had that happen a couple times with with people that I with with bar owners that I play with all the time, where I've had to have that awkward conversation of like, no, dude, like this is how much I need. Right. You, if you can't pay me this, I'm packing up and going home. And you have to have that. And it's not a delusional thing. It's not a delusional thing. You have to have that wherewithal to say, look, I know the value that I'm bringing to this establishment, and I know what I'm worth. And I'm not coming to you telling, me, telling you I'm worth $1,000 or $2,000. i am telling you, this is how much I need. This is how much I know you gave that other guy. This is how much I know that that bar's paying. And if you can't match that, then it's not personal. It's man, not personal. I know just people. I w- just, I wish you could have been getting that somewhere else. Exactly. I wish I had the fucking... Yeah, because it's so weird, man, because I can go somewhere and perform... And get paid five hundred bucks, and do the same set somewhere else, and get paid a hundred. But the reason why I don't mind getting the hundred versus versus the five hundred is usually because of certain elements that have to do with morality. Like I yeah. like who I'm working with. I know I'm doing them a favor. I know I'm helping out. I know I'm helping this become a great show. Mm-hmm. I know I'm. You know what I'm saying? Really? And it's just like, like the stages of like pressure to the show. Yes. Like. Oh, that you, is true. Like also, that's because also, like, if I fail, like, if I fail at the place that I'm getting paid five hundred, I feel like it's going to do way more damage to my career mm-hmm. in the long run than it would to the place that I'm getting paid a hundred. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so that's it, might, just, it might be the same material, but you might be performing it like at. 100% here, and then like 60% at the $10 show or the $20 but show. But I'm going to tell you something really weird, though. That also has a lot to do with the $100 show being set up like a $100 show. Oh, for sure. Like, it's, it's hard. It's not that I don't want to perform at 100% caliber. It's just that there's there's two chicks over there doing their makeup, talking. There's a guy in the back that we can hear clinging his glass from the kitchen. There's mm-hmm. the waitresses are coming in and out. So there's all types of attention breaks. There's all these other souls. It takes it takes. It's almost like the reason why I'm not I'm giving a hundred percent. Yes. But I'm not giving a hundred percent of my material because this is not the. It can't. 
It's but the same thing. When I'm in a setting yeah. that provides provides a five hundred dollar paycheck for that one show, it is because it's set up in a way to where I'm getting a hundred percent of their attention all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it almost makes it easier to do a hundred percent. So you for sure. So you can take in a like, sense the hunt in, in a sense the hundred dollar show is harder. For I'll, I'll give an in example a, in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not it's not yeah. It's harder, but it's probably more like accessible. It's like, harder, but it, it's harder. It's harder, but it's less risk. Yeah. No, so I knowing that. that in the back of your mind, it makes it easier to. Win and fail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like my, my dad used to tell me. He, my dad was a painter. He painted houses and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, he's also a golfer. He was, he was a, a good golfer. golfer. He was great golfer. Wow, great that golfer. was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the newspaper clip. Yeah. Yeah. He was he like, was yo, shout champ. out to your pops, man. No, he was like really good. Two tone. Really you know good. I mean? Why you call um, him Two Tone? Is he mixed? Two, to- no, two Tones was company. his. Uh, his, my, his my dad's name is Tony. Oh, he was also a cool guy. Is yeah. he Italian as well? Yeah, he's Italian. Okay. And um, Johnny Bravo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part. He's one. the Italian side. <laughs> and uh, he he his career like his his living was painting houses and stuff. He was self employed painter, going there, contract shit like that. And he would talk about how you know he would rather take ten hundred dollar jobs over one thousand dollar job. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that he could walk into that hundred dollar job, paint a couple doors and shit like that, and there wasn't all that pressure of like you weren't going to see the person come out with a black light and fucking scan for any lines or anything like that. Yeah. Right? All the all the fucking all the fucking criticisms that you would get. He's like, I'd rather just do ten of those jobs, and and, and versus one one thousand dollar job where I have all the scrutiny. And he wasn't saying that as a good thing. He was saying that as like a fallback, where he was like, I wasn't prepared mentally. To deal with the pressure of advancing to that next yeah, level, I'd rather do one one thousand dollar job. And mm-hmm. and I would rather do I rather do two just weeks. Cool it, yeah, dude. I'd rather do two weeks on the road and come back and produce some dope shit, hang out, chill, go back two weeks on the road. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, because That's how life was before Corona. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's For the real? thing, is dude. Like in the music industry, like weddings are a perfect example. Of that you play somebody's wedding, there's no room for. Oh shit, my speaker doesn't work. Or oh shit, I I fucking you know right. I took too long of a break. Or oh shit, like oh I was just hanging out like this. You don't have room for that, and so you do charge more for it because it's mm-hmm. like, dude, if you're booking me to do your wedding, I'm showing up four hours beforehand. I'm setting up the fucking speakers. I'm yeah, getting I'm shit going. Songs. Yeah, like a I'm month learning in shit. I'm learning timings. Talking with the wedding coordinator, what you're doing. But I know I would play that same set at a fucking bar in Fells Point. Mm-hmm. Where it's none of that shit. Where I fucking play a song, my string breaks. I go, I'm taking a fucking break. Get a shot at the bar, <laughs> chill, smoke a cig outside, talk to some girls, walk back in. I think I'm gonna go. Hey, and find the find my fucking band somewhere. John, John, get over here. Joe, get over here. <laughs> fucking start whenever. It's like almost mentally, I would rather play that gig. I would rather play ten of those gigs because. I'd do but one, but that's a fault. That's a flaw. Is what I'm saying. That's mm-hmm. a flaw. That is a fallback. Is because at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is. You're not putting, or in this case, I'm not putting the pressure that is necessary to advance myself to the next level. Yeah, you're not willing to get uncomfortable. Which is why probably I've never resorted to doing ticketed shows because I never wanted to actually put that much investment in a performance. Now you're getting there, and it's gonna it's gonna happen because this is what's gonna happen. Because this is what this is how it always happens. Either you're gonna get there by default. Meaning you're going to find yourself there and you're going to just have no choice and you're going to find comfort over time doing it. Or 
somebody's gonna or you're gonna miss out on enough opportunities to the point that you stop beginning you stop you stop getting frustrated you, you begin to get frustrated with yourself mm-hmm. and then after that see right now you're comfortable admitting that flaw you found comfort in that something is going to happen to where you're going to get tired of being comfortable and then you're going to become comfortable with being uncomfortable because you're going to find all the great things that yeah. comes with uncomfortable moments. Trust me. For me, I was in Connecticut. Lonnie Love um, from the daytime TV show, Outstanding Comedian. Shouts out to her. I worked with her a whole week, tipped me an extra hundred bucks, took me out to dinner and was like, listen, they don't give a lot of people shots. I would love to work with you. I think you're funny. Da, 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 da. This was years ago. This was like right before I moved here. And I right did, before Corona. Right, right before I moved here. <laughs> so next thing you know, man, because I want to help you like try to get a presence or try to work. I know some people at Comedy Central. Da, da, da. And I just knew I just wasn't. I was obviously ready. But I feel like comedy is one of those things that you do. And then you get good at it. And then you decide if you really want to do this as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. comedy is a lifestyle. Yeah. It's saying, From it's the outsider, this, you're act was polished but internally you're like fuck i don't know yeah you know no yeah exactly yeah and then after that i just missed out on that opportunity over time she changed her phone number and it just felt like i just always had that in the back of my mind and then after that when another opportunity came i was so thankful to be able to get it you know what i'm saying well i'm doing and then 360 i'm back on comedy central (laughs) quick quick callback you came on here a while ago I think it was, I, I'm not going to even pretend to know this. I want to say episode 62, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. When you came on here with Jordan Rock, and he was talking about that. And he was talking about when you're always working and you're always doing something, then when a bigger opportunity is presented, it's never like, it's never like a thing where it's like, oh my God, I got to fucking prepare for it. It's like, no, I've been doing this shit for this long, and now here's my outlet, my venue to fucking do it to, the, to when it matters, you know? And yeah. so... I've never been presented, I would say, with an opportunity where I didn't rise to the occasion. I will say that. I will say that. However, I also have never gone out seeking them. That's what I'm trying to say. They're going to find you. You're going to turn them down because you have comfort in that already. I, I don't think I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I will. I don't think I will. Well, subconsciously, you're, in, my, in, in my thinking right now, subconsciously, you're already turning them down by not seeking them. And when and Ooh, for that's you, true. That's and true. for you, you know that if you seek, you know that if you typed mm. in, it's easier to say it's not a Baltimore comedy scene than it is to type on Google Baltimore comedy open mic and find it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's easier to say it doesn't exist. You're doing the same thing. It's easier to say that. So in a certain way, you are. You're running. Yeah. A, you're running yeah. away from it. Yes. But eventually, you're gonna get tired of that comfort, bro. Trust me. And then after that, you're just gonna do it. And then before you know it, I'm going to be at the door like, no, I know Jimmy. I'm not paying fucking 20 bucks to get in there. I don't know why he's not picking up the phone, but the fuck? Dude. I didn't save his number. Yeah, yeah. Fucking 58 fucking time. New phone. Who this? Yeah, dude. I have a bad problem saving numbers. But yeah, man. But yeah, man. That ass so, right, bro. Exactly. That's exactly how it's going to go, bro. Trust me. Trust me. So we, uh, we I guess... We kind of hinted at it earlier, but I guess we can't. We're not talking about the shit you were talking to me about at the shoot, about the festival and what's going on about yeah, that. Yeah, man, it's coming. I'm not going. I'm not going to we'll talk put about it up. afterwards. Talk about yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's coming though, man. And um, I think um, shouts out to David Butler. He said something very cool. He said, "I think everybody, like one or two things is gonna happen. If you don't do shit, then fuck it. You just an asshole." 
Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's going to come out of this one of two ways. Either enhanced in some way or form of what they were already doing or doing something brand new, totally different. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, we're enhancing and doing something mm -hmm. brand new this year, man. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Cool. I think at least one thing that quarantine was good for is, like, because I think, like, at least for me personally, like, I feel like you get kind of, like, lost in, like, the day-to-day, -day, like, routine. Mm -hmm. And then once you actually have time to step back and be like, okay, here's fucking four months where you're not doing shit. You have mm -hmm. to stay in your fucking room. Like, figure it out. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I definitely have, like, a clear view or at least, like, connection of who I am as a person. Just yeah, because I've just been surrounded by... a lot of self-reflection happens subconsciously when you buy yourself. Yeah, For too right? long. So I, I, I think, at least for me, hopefully leaving quarantine somewhat in the future. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully, who knows? Where you all leaving, it always in the visit leaving it Virginia. in the living way. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to die from COVID. Uh, <laughs> just a statistic, ladies and gentlemen. Just a statistic. Knock on wood. Um, that I will. Uh, no, please, please. Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm excited to go actually back to comedy to be like, mm. actually like, I've had experience doing it. Now I know who I am and what like my sense of humor is or like what my brand is or whatever. Like mm -hmm. I'm excited about that, mm -hmm. dude. What you're talking about, like, like literally, the the anything that happens in life. I truly believe can be a good or a bad thing depending on where it leads. I remember I realized that when I was fired, I, I used to work as a server and uh, like a waiter, like waiting tables and shit. And I worked at three different jobs for six years. And when I was fired from my most recent job, it hit me as like, oh my God, like I'm fucking, I, I'm, out of, I'm out of job. This fucking sucks. But then I realized like the only difference between this being a shitty situation or this being a good situation is what I do next. If this if the if this leads to something right. better, then being fired from this job is a good thing. Yep. If it leads to something worse, then it was a bad thing. But mm -hmm. it's up to you how you react to it. So when you have something like this, like a shutdown, a, a pandemic, all this bullshit, depending on how you come out of it, is up to you. Yep. As they say, life is ten percent of what happens to you and ninety percent of what you do about it. It's damn true, dude. And and you know when I when I wasn't able to play in bars and things like that. And I was forced to step out of it and not play a gig for three fucking months and just sit there and think about, like, what am I actually doing? What am I trying to... If I can never play another gig again, or if I can, if I can, if I can never make the money or sustain my lifestyle or whatever I'm doing off of what I was doing, what am I going to do? You know? And that forces your mind into a new situation where you're like, okay, here's the next level. Here's the next step. And all the good things that come out of it. But for a lot of people, for a lot of people... It could have been a downturn, you know, but it comes down to how you react to it. For everybody, it was a downturn, but it comes down to how you react it, to it. it. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I don't necessarily Unless look at things like Unless you own stock that. and toilet paper, for everybody, it was, a, you know what I'm saying? It was like. <laughs> it's a downturn. However, if you come out on the other end of this thing, better off than you were before you went in, how could you call that a downturn? It's like, what do you, you do with your time? How did you utilize yeah. the time that you were given? Mm-hmm. And the thing that was so comforting, there's almost a weird comfort that I found in this thing is that what's weird is like I found myself without a job for three months. I was delivering pizzas, going back to my old, 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 old job four mm -hmm. jobs ago, delivering mm -hmm. pizzas just to try to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And 
it was an oddly comforting thing to just feel like, hey, dude, everybody's going through this. Mm. It's it's worse when you're it's worse when you're just like, yeah, Damn, when I'm just fucked. You, yeah. When we're <laughs> fucked, it's cool. It's like, fuck hey, it. we're fucked. Yeah, let's we're figure all it out. Together. When I'm fucked, <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> exactly. But it's like it really it really is like that, dude. Yeah, and uh, you know, I feel like you've made it for the better. I feel like in in a way you look back. At the things you were doing, and it gives you its time. It gives you that it's like, in the same way we were talking about moving forward and never taking the time to step back and look at how far you've come. Mm-hmm. This has been like a mandatory pause for yep. everybody. Yeah. To be like, what am I doing, and how am I doing it, and depending on which way you come out on the other end of that, defines who you are. Jimmy with the speech. Yep. I feel like this is a good time yeah. to uh, cut off. Yeah. Let's break it down. This has been a great cast. Live from the podcast. This really live has. Studio. Live from the fucking studio, baby. Out here in this Boom. bitch. Yeah. Podcasting. Closing. You guys have anything you want to Do you plug, want me to freestyle or? like I normally do? Yeah, I think, I think you should we freestyle could, for 35 the, straight minutes, dude. I, and then we'll close we out the podcast. go out on the freestyle. You want to go out on it, man? It's whatever you want. <laughs> but do you want to you plug anything? you have anything going um, on? Pay Obviously, attention. every Wednesday. Pay at- attention every Wednesday, Motorhouse Baltimore, and also look out for some news with the festival in uh, ending September, October. I'm just Jay Bray. <laughs> man, what's your Instagram, man? Comedian I'm Jay Martin, Bray. Catch me everywhere. And one more time. Yep, jaybray.com. I am Jay Bray on IG. There you go, man. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm at Eric I need, Glazer. I need something like slow and funky, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why don't we stop? Why don't we utilize Google the right way? Just type slow and funky beat. You know what I'm saying? Don't really do slow that. Slow and funky spooky beat. Slow and funky. At wow. Jimmy Selesky. Oh, let's L-F-T-S see if we can find podcast. an old JB, an old JB Easy beat. Oh, That'll Lord. be funny. Oh, on the shit. internet. <laughs> on the internet. It'll come up. Mm-mm. That'll be funny. You took it all down. Trying to be cheesy. Trying to be cheesy, dude. <laughs> you already, already plugged me for me, dude? I said at, L- at Jimmy Selesky. Let's also do a little at... Sophomore. Yeah, let's do a little at um where the fuck am I playing this weekend? Oh. If you are a Cecil County resident, (laughs) alert, alert, Cecil County. Shout out to Cecil County. (laughs) Shouts out Cecil County. Um, I will be at the Hollywood Casino from five to eight on Friday. Wow. uh, August twenty eighth. I will be if you are a Towson sorority girl, please listen up. Please listen up. Please. I will please Please, please stand up. Lend me your ears. <laughs> I will be at the backyard, formerly known as the Green Turtle. The backyard, Barley's backyard, uptown on Saturday, August 29th from seven to ten. And I will also be at Ampersy in Fells Point on Sunday, August thirtieth, from three to seven, which is a weird time, but I'll be there. Nice man, Earth. look at that boy out there working. You single, Jimmy? Sounds lit. <laughs> He's got to be these days. Oh, man, I can't, I can't, can't get down, down with this, man. Can't get down. I typed in slow and funky Ivan this type beat. slow and funky. Ivan type beat. This is not slow and slow funky. Slow and funky I can't, I can't. I already know. I need some Southern 808. Type in like a Maxo Cream type beat. Something like that. Funky, slow. And I'm not starting it out, man. I always start it out, man. You guys like the... Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I got something, Jay. We was working on some beats. I got them. Hold on. I got some stuff. Uh, you got some beats? Pull one No, up. no, 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 no. I got some, like, Origins. Hold on. Okay. This, this is more solo 
It's like a Mac Miller beat. Let me send this picture to my bay. Because I don't do the beaches. <laughs> no beaches. Mm. Nah, it's something soulful. Cause that's fast. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I feel like this is about to be some right. like Paula Abdul shit, yeah. dude. It went from Paula Abdul to like Rush. Yeah, there we go. Go ahead, Jimmy. Step on that, man. Ooh. Hey, hey. See, if you sing over it, I'll feel better, Jimmy. Go ahead. You got yeah, to get the chorus on. down, dude. Yo, Jimmy, go and put the loop on them ooze, man. Stop playing around. I ain't playing no issue. That, was, that uh, was good, dude. I like that woo. <laughs> he said, I like that woo. I think you would dig this. We did like five of these in one night, remember? We made like a whole mixtape. Yeah, I'm going to play the trumpet. Here. Oh, yeah? <laughs> All right, hold on. Get that on, man. <laughs> I'm about to do my daddy shit real quick. Come on. Uh. <laughs> See, once you get your loop ready, we can go ahead and just... Uh, check, 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 check. Once you get the loop ready, take the uh, take the first like eight bars after the, <laughs> that breakdown, man. I don't know if he can do a loop while he's also recording our podcast. Mic check one two. All right, I don't know. Check one. I'm Jimmy not might sure. be able to. That get sounded fun. like some fucking Barry White shit. <laughs> Hello, Hello right. ladies. Start it over. Check 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 one two. I need you to hit the single for me, Jimmy. Single. At the at the let it break down first. Here you go. Got the fucking accordion going. <laughs> He's on an accordion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a that's boy a, on the accordion. That's a here you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Hey, hey. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Hey. I got yeah, the gang yeah, in this bitch, hey, hey. I got the gang in this, hey. Uh, 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 uh. You may just ask who it be, JB, Jimmy, E, and me. I done came back nice, he looking for the lighter. I don't know, it might be so much brighter. We got up off in here and rolled the spliffs. After that, we had wondered if this whole corona shit ain't never happened. Then after that, in conversation snapping, he asked for the cig. I rolled up some too. And then after that, JP told stories about back in the stew. Back yeah. in the studio days, this is crazy. Put me on the spot. I take my mic down a notch because I got the feedback on this track. I don't want to sound whack, so if we lower that, I will sound a little better. I like cheddar, cold like weather, but warm like a sweater. In the summer, in the desert, I am better. I try to rap every now and then. 
with my Ooh. friend go by the name of Ivan uh, Martin uh, go spark this uh, uh. it's so funny it was always Martin written on my shirt you add a later I'm a Martian from a different earth Woo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Back again. Back again. Back again. Back again. Cats out in the world looting. We just video shooting. Uh, you feel me? You feel me? You feel me? Yeah, we on. We on. We on. We on. Cats out in the streets looting. We stay video shooting. And I say that's our weapon of choice. Check the noise. Check Listen the up. noise. Check the 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 noise. Oh man, on the fucking accordion solo I know he's coming that in shit. with he's this shit, boy. Let's go! It's like a seven-year-old kid that just come out with sunshades yeah. on, sliding backwards playing the accordion. <laughs> Switching the bass now, dude. <laughs> Purely bass showing. now, bro. Yeah, y'all ain't no motherfuckers was talented like that. You know what I'm saying? Boom, boom, boom. Air boom. bass. He playing the air boom, bass over this bit. Boom. Hey, boom, boom, hey, boom, boom, hey, 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 back hey, again. Hey. You might just catch us. She might just let us. Mm. You might just see us. They wanna be us. We get the dough. We, we lead a show. Dough. We get some more. And repeat again and again. Hey. Repeat again and again. Hey. Hey. And again again. Hey. Show repeat again. Hey. Doing live shows every weekend. <laughs> Yo. From the stew. Hey. Coming back, yeah, brings the mood. Towson boys in the stew Coming up clean Yeah, that's what we do Live from the stew, that's a move Rapping on that beat Feel the groove I'm skate, skating on your luge Olympic freestyle on your boots Wear that shit up in the snow You already know You already know Come at you with the words now tell me what you heard uh, You like, got all these talented people You knew that we would do this I'm so sorry you wish that you could do this I'm so sorry you wish that you was fly I'm so sorry you say you do But then you lie I'm so sorry you see us We be so nice I'm so sorry you hate us You think it's trice I'm so sorry you see us We pull up cool I'm so sorry you the one You fucking fool 
Ooh, I've been applying pressure. I won't let them. I'm gonna sit back in my sweater because this couch is comfortable. So I'm not on the bull. I'm looking at the wall and it says sophomore. I think it's a cool band. I might listen. And if I don't like it, I might diss them. <laughs> but it'll be a comment. And he could reply. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Live from the studio, motherfuckers. Live from the studio. Catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.